Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fate of a Nation, Narm, and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our 87s flat to the ground, and our dice more often than not failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures, both here and on Facebook, also on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk, and to shop at Badfield Hobbies, because there are rumours that Hammy assassinated the Archduke Ferdinand, and I don't want him coming after me. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-host Duncan, oh, 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 what a lovely war, Gosling. Good evening. And Lee, a plan more cunning than a fox of the dream cunning from the Cunning Plan University, Parnell. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to a special Blitz episode of Shoot and Scoot, looking at the latest hotness from Battlefront, Great War. But it definitely didn't happen because we all got the embargo date wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because now we can talk about it. Yes, listeners might remember our closing off saying, oh, next time we'll do this, we'll talk about it. We could have talked about yeah. it then. We just no. got the date wrong. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I think technically we couldn't have talked about it then. Because it was the day before the embargo. Yes, it was. We can publish. It was. However, it has been declassified, released to the public archives, and we can now froth about Great War. <laughs> and what a lot there is to froth about. You sound like a man who has seen things, Duncan. I, I well, I, I scooched. I scooched through everything very quickly, then went back and went, mm, and then poured over it some more. But, um, yeah, I actually, the funny thing was, I think I got it badly, badly wrong, didn't I? Uh, in that I thought this was an Osprey publication. I think we, we all did. did. Yeah. yeah. When I was check, double, check it, check, double checking your article, yeah. there's some, for some reason, something made me, made me go back and look. I don't know why, because I, I wouldn't have changed it otherwise. I went back and like I said, I couldn't find anything on it. It's just like, there's nothing it's about weird. Osprey. Yeah, so there you go. It's not Osprey. It's not Osprey. I think it was the layout that got me because it's the same exact same layout as Narm and um, Evanation in that it's got the rules and everything's in one in one volume. Yeah, but when I look at the page, the kind of page size, it looks a bit more A4y. It's hard mm. to tell because I'm not on the PDFs, but yeah, I A4y. <laughs> Sounds like a, a Star Wars droid. Well, my little my little peek behind the curtain, if we're, if we're, as we're going there. Like it does give me a little bit of interesting worry about what's gonna, you know, if this was supposed to be Osprey and it isn't, then what's gonna happen to Fate of a Nation and Nam? Well, see, I'm not sure. I, I, I had a little bit of a scooch back through the internet, and I couldn't find anything saying that the Great War release was due to be Osprey. Actually, I think I just tricked myself into thinking that Battlefront were going to focus only on um, okay. World War and Team Yankee. Yeah, so I think I was getting Early War and Great War confused because Early War is is one of the ones that's that's scheduled to be a, a Osprey well, publication. They said that when it was originally on the schedule. Yep. And at Christmas, they've now said that Early War is now just not on the immediate future cards. Okay. They've you know so I think they're gonna <laughs> see how it plays out with the other ones before they then go back and uh, Early War. Um, which on a, a tangent, which we're really good at, um, where the, there's an upswing of early war at Guildford Games Club. Uh, they lost. Yeah, it's, it's looking at the French, uh, which oh, is good. My God, both land gliders on him and then run up and shoot him with my shoots and platoons. A German, and then after I finish beating him up, I can uh, play my Brit heavy tanks uh, and help him defend France. 
badly. Or at least a rat. Like a defender rat. <laughs> really well. Defend this one sector. Yeah, that one town. Yep. That was the one driving across uh driving across when I did my motorcycle trip across France and I, I went past the rat. And I was sitting there going, Oh man, why am I on a motorcycle? I had a car, but I had room to bring hobby and I could sit there and make my Matildas. Um, <laughs> Speaking of France, you know, yeah, all there before. Segway, segway back onto track in a miraculous form of, I don't know. I, yeah, my, my PDF has crashed a great while, so I'm trying to like to buy time. You're trying to pad, fine. Yeah, well, I'm it, you let, allow me, allow me one second, Lee. What's your experience of Great War? Um, really, my like, only experience of Great War is Cambrai Day, because obviously coming from a RTR yep. family, Combray Day is quite a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't obviously I can't remember much as a kid, but um, my dad, <laughs> my dad got back into it into like the you know, RTR association over the last ten years or so. So I've been going to Combray yeah. Day um, up at Whitehall on the um, usually usually the weekend after Remembrance Sunday. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's a nice little um, ceremony. They go they walk no, they go past the memorial and they go to their um, RTR memorial. And when they go to the pub and get wasted, so. Yeah. <laughs> and what, and what, what about playing-wise? Have you have you actually dabbled ever? Um, right. So no, not in this scale. Excellent. Years ago, I did a little bit of playing around with a twenty-millimeter skirmish game. Wow. Like doing like this, like sort of tongue-grabbing kind of thing. Yeah. All, all sort of like trench raids and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, the problem I, the problem I had with Great War is. One of my friend, my friend, the one who's Jerry, Jerry Axar ringleader, mm. is really into first world, uh, first war reenactment, and so of course the first thing he did when it came out as being 1918 was, was pick all the faults in it, and so I think in the end, unfortunately, it kind of killed it dead right there. Oh, I kind of wanted to do it, but okay. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping, like I say, with this coming up now and you having most of the stuff, we can at least play a bit of this. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? Um, my interest, surprising enough, was always been about the aerial battles. Mm. Uh, growing up, I was reading Biggles as a kid, you know, so I could tell you reams and reams of information about Sotworth Camels and Albatross yeah. and, and the, gen- the the bloody April and, and the, the genesis of the airborne forces throughout the First World War. Um, but other than that, it's all, you know, I've had an interest as always, but it's always been a fleeting thing. Um, when, yeah. when great war originally released in 15 mil, um, I looked, I was, I stumbled across them actually earlier. Um, Ben and winner Dave did such fantastic work covering it with the articles. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't anyone, you know, it was hard to get a game. You know, I didn't have anyone to really play against. So it was one of the ones that I kind of, Skipped over. Yeah. Took a, yeah, took a breath and kind of went. Well, you know what? It's it looks really cool. I mean, I could be really excited. Oh, you know, could really tempted, but I actually, in a shocking display of um, self control, uh, avoided um, picking up anything. Hmm. That's uh, real, like you. Until six months ago, when I got an absolute steel bargain on uh, Brett's Chargers, Brett's Brawlers. Sorry, Brett's Brawlers. Yep, the American, the American starter set. Um, which was sponsored, prim- you know, primarily through uh, Battlefield One and the the TV show Forgotten Weapons, not TV show, the YouTube <laughs> channel Forgotten Weapons. Yeah. 
Um, and then I started to really look into into the land war and, and and really get into it. So this this is kind of like the perfect upswelling of interest. Oh, ooh, I don't like the word upswelling, but apart from that, storm. Storm's fair. Upswelling's got. <laughs> so, uh, cool. yeah, I have a starter set box. Oh, nice. That is it. <laughs> More than I got. <laughs> So does this mean that because I've got more than a starter box that I technically am the experienced person in this? You are the responsible adult, yes. Yes. Oh, on, the basis, on the basis, A, you previously covered this break room, B, you have models. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird, actually, because I always thought um, of First World War, and this is one of the articles that I wrote, was, was that it was just going to be like the Blackadder thing, you know, with sweeping stuff off the table and just, you know, casualties being horrific and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um you mean it's not? Well, it kind of is and isn't, but what changed my view in it was actually a podcast series, and I've gone over this before. It's um, Dan Carlin um, and it's Hardcore History. They did a five, five, I think they're episodes, one for each year of the war. And um, he went over it in such great detail um, with such you know depth and storytelling that it really just sucked me in. I think I've listened to it that series probably like four times, and each episode is like four or five hours long. So um, yeah, they, they, he's got a whole the whole bit on the Verdun thing, and just it's it's pretty horrific. But it was the first time I actually thought about it, other than being sort of this mass slaughter. You know that you have to, I don't know, almost cut the generals some some slack to some extent because they were running up against problems that no one else had ever had to try and face. Yeah, you, and got, was, you got. Everyone is basically based the entire experience of colonial warfare, which is this very much isn't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. This is the first experience of modern warfare with industrialized nations. And the problem is that every time, one of the things he says is that there's always this thing with how much slack do you cut the generals when they're trying to learn, when people, when the way they're trying to learn is costing, you know, tens of that, thousands, that if not hundreds of thousands of lives. Jeez, yeah. yeah. There so, was a certain amount of um, reticence on them to actually learn sometimes in terms of... Exactly. But um, that that kind of got me into thinking about it, and actually, I picked it up as a side project almost because it is, it was, and it still is quite a ring fenced book, and it was you know the playing area is a lot smaller. It's only four by four that rather really than six by four. Me. And to, to be honest, when I've played them before and I've played the scenarios before, they are really what captures the flavour of this period. They yeah. are absolutely banging. They're really really good. They're well thought through. Um, I think it is it is of its period, so it is a nineteen eighteen book. If you're looking for something earlier, then I think you're gonna be a little bit disappointed. Now there's there's I would look at some of the groups on Facebook and people are already talking about adding in, you know, <laughs> the Eastern Front battles and doing some of the early stuff. Mm. Of course they are. Of course they are, but you know before the book even releases. Exactly, but um but no, it's it's an interesting period. It's an interesting style of fighting. There's there's stuff in there that's completely, you know, um, it is Flames of War. It clearly is Flames of War, but it is completely different to the World War Two experience. Even the tanks and things are just not how you'd expect them to be. So there's 13 missions in, there are. in the book. Yes. And, and some of these deployment areas look like Picasso, Impressionist. Yeah. You've got some great Universal Special Rules as well, like things where the whole battlefield can basically be created. So everything's got, cro- you know, you've got a cross check to move. Oh, that'd be great! I'd be really good at that. He says, but, unironically. But it's just <laughs> stuff like, <laughs> well, stuff like it's the, you know, I think it's to reflect as well that tanks were this kind of new wonder weapon, 
but even those they they were still learning how to use them and how to deploy yeah. them and yeah. you know just because it's the queen of the battlefield doesn't mean it that it can't trip over a fence and you know get stuck they were notoriously awful for breaking Drive down into a big hole i actually saw one of the um original i think it was a mark V in the imperial war museum they are absolutely huge They're i didn't quite appreciate that, how big they were yeah it was it a crew of 15 or something ridiculous oh, oh yeah the yeah absolutely nuts um, they had the, the the stretch one that was a transport as well didn't they the, they did, five, yeah. star, the five star yeah five star but they said that um, you know there was occasions where the crew were almost monoxide to death because the exhaust port had got pl- blocked. You know all this kind of stuff where it was a bit, it's a bit steampunky if you think about it. You know, I know. I'm sure they had lots of health and safety, and everyone was in high vis vests and hard <laughs> hats. Oh yeah, they'd done a full risk assessment and decided, you know. <laughs> I Ooh, uh, one of the I, I remember seeing one of the most chilling. It, it's kind of that kind of crazy period where they're like, right, our guys keep getting shot through the vision slots, and they keep getting fragmentation coming in through the, the things they're looking at. Oh, we'll just give them this little chainmail face mask. Yep. You know, that will work. What if it goes in their eye? Well, you know, they've got two. Well, you get these as well. There's there's a very, very famous image of a, uh, I think it's a German Ulan sat on a horse with a horse with a gas mask on, yes. him with a lance, him with a gas mask on, and uh, then, like a coal scuttle helmet. I thought it's definitely called Kriegwein, like reenactment. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's some Russian cosplayers that have taken it way too far. They do. Um, <laughs> they do that. But you just look at it and go, "What? What? What? What happened there? What was the thought process behind that?" You know, he looked at it and went, "Well, we need a gas mask. Yeah, we need a gas mask. Riding a horse. Well, do I need to ride a horse. The I think yeah. so. So wasn't the principal." And cavalry, so cavalry, let's segue into cavalry then, because that's a huge yep. thing that I am. Um, I, I, for some reason, cavalry lists always kind of. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I love cavalry. Like, especially at 15 mil. Like, 28 mil, nah. But at 15 mil, these tiny little horses with dudes on the back, just for some reason, really spark my hobby froth. Okay, well. Um, well, as the RTR boy here, I'm obliged not to let the cavalry guys, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You can, be the, you can be the naysayers to explain that. You can be the realist about to how taking cavalry maybe to a machine gun fight is... Over, bro- over, over heavily broken ground, yes. Well, yeah. the, th- the thing is that the, the cavalry in this book are not the cavalry of 1914. You sh- you're not no. going to get um, sabre charges across bridges in front of Maxim guns. But they or are do, swords. They are, and I believe they still had them up until the end of the war um in fact a lot of the french were because the horses were in such high demand and actually they were being consumed at a horrific rate on the western front a lot of the cavalry had their um Crazy. horses taken away <laughs> consumed <laughs> well it, 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 that was <laughs> in every sense of that word yes. consumed um so they treat them much more as mounted infantry in this um yeah. which is is really good like, um, dragoon, like, um is it dragoons that just like uh, mounted yeah in sort of 16th 17th century degrees yeah Yeah. these are more like sort of almost like boar commandos where you can use their horse's speed to um get where you need to but then you can fully um dismount yes so you can shoot i believe off horseback you are slow firing if you do so you are and you are but you aren't any disadvantage in terms of your save i don't think from recollection Uh... No, got a three up. No, yeah. three up. But what is interesting is they end up with a cross check. 
Yes. So you know we were talking about those um, those battlefields where it's possibly yes. all created and things. So to move your cavalry troop is going to be it shouldn't be hard. It's a two plus, but you yeah. know. And so that also means that you can't do things like charging through woods very consistently. True. Um, but if you look at the actual movement rates as well, their movement is the same as an infantry base. Oh, apart I, from yes. apart from when you get to the dashes. So I really like the idea that they've actually incentivized you, if you're going to use these, to be that kind of mobile arm of the breakthrough, you know, where they're, they're actually breaking the lines of um, trenches and actually trying to moving to that exploitation phase. Well, that, yeah, that was, the, that was the point I was trying to, I sort of started off on, was the fact that with the gas mask, then obviously you can see that if you've just gassed a whole line and yeah. to exploit, it's all about the exploitation, because more often than not, the, the generals will come up with this fantastic plan Yes. Put into action, and they would clear the front trench. They're like fantastic, yeah. but in doing so, they've they've wasted all the resource and exhausted all of the troops able yep. to then go through the hole, and they never yeah, quite when, got the massive breakthrough they wanted. When you look at the eighteen, uh, sorry, nineteen eighteen period, the one thing that is missing these are basically proto World War Two army at that point. The one thing that is missing is that mobility to break through and actually. Um, take what is a, a tactical victory into a strategic one and um the, the the real arm that's missing and that only comes in obviously at this point is is mobile you know tanks and, and armored yeah. vehicles and things like that um and actually if you look at things like the operation uh, so the kaiser slacked um when the germans put on the massive spring offensive mm. um that actually burst i think it was something like a 40 kilometer hole in the allied lines but they wow. couldn't exploit they couldn't do anything with it you know right they don't, they've broken their forces trying to get to that point and there was nothing really of value to actually exploit onto yeah so um i think that was operation michael was the, the big success where all the rocket fuel was used up um but then you have you don't really have the the force of world war Two, where you have the armor personnel carriers or even trucks to a lesser extent just to move yeah. stuff around well in the, the day had wagon wheels you know they're not gonna yeah no exactly i mean the horse was still the prime mover so it's it's good to actually see the cavalry in there as a as a thing, and I think that I'm hoping that what they've they've probably learned from this they'll extrapolate into early war because obviously there's still some early war cavalry forces knocking around, aren't there? The Japanese that I've got in uh, <laughs> sat in my room from a couple of years ago. <laughs> so um, I think that's the only change in terms of units that you get. In the new book, I think just cavalry. You got gun teams and and tank teams and infantry um, teams. They're all the same broadly. So the biggest. So they've got the same save. They're slow yep. firing. They have a cross check, so they're not automatically yes. running through terrain. But they do have a better blitz value, don't they? They do. They've got a cavalry blitz, which is usually usually one better than their standard um, skill. So if you're a veteran, you'll be blitzing on a two. I like I like this whole thing of like tweaking what you are in certain command roles reflect yeah. the specialisations it were. It's, it's it's a really nice way of using that sort of split out. Um, it it thing. really is. I mean, th this to me is how the, the, I can envisage cavalry being used like this. That you're using them to, you know, in, even on a four by four battlefield, trying to probe around the flanks. I guess, um, yeah. you know, get to where you yep. need to fast. I mean, they've got a cross country dash of twenty inches, so you know. That's a fair old, fair old move up the battlefield. Um, are you really going to be standing there trading shots with someone? I don't think you will. I just can't see it happening. I think you're just going to lose. You can't, you can't assault 
after a blitz, though, can you? Only no. follow me. No. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. You can blitz the dismount, can't you? Yes. Oh, so that might be it. So, yeah. Or, yeah, you could blitz the dismount and then... You can't blitz them. then dash. You can't blitz then dash, but you can blitz then tactical. Yes. So, for example, if you came up to a trench line, I could see that you could blitz to dismount, then tactical into the, um, the, into terrain. the terrain. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I think that they're. I actually think that a four by four battlefield would disadvantage these guys. I don't. I don't think they're going to be super strong because the the battlefields are quite compact still. Yeah. But I think if you were to, you know, I mean, you shouldn't limit yourself by the books anyway. Whatever you're playing. So if you were wanted to do some bigger things or even, you know, take trenches out of it completely and just do some of those, you know, sweeping manoeuvres post-trench warfare. Speaking, I, th I think they're a really good unit. Speaking of trenches then. Yep. Um, so there is, there's rules for how to include trenches in most of the missions. Yes. But not all the missions do have trenches. That's right, yep. Because that's another misconception that you often get when people say, oh, Flames of War... Great Wall, that's just going to be two artillery lines sitting there shelling each other. Yep. It's, it's not like that. Um, they, they use the trenches in quite innovative ways. You know, previously, I, I can't remember if they're doing this one as well, where they've got things like the communication trenches. So actually your trench line is, is two communication trenches coming forward to one trench, and actually your deployment is then those communication trenches. So that's how they would move troops up to the front line um, so you, you're limited in the way that you can actually bring your forces onto the table. So it's a bit like having a scattered reserve, um, but with fixed points, if that makes any sense to any person. Um, but it's quite that is quite an interesting thing, I think, as a, as a concept, um, using those trench lines to, you know, not just be a physical piece of terrain. Yeah, there is the, the trench reserves rule. Yep. Um, which is a special rule within the, the, the actual missions. I mean, yeah, the 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 trench lines are all um, they're all flat, bulletproof cover, um, where there's a cross check for everyone apart from infantry, um, and I think that's about it, really. Uh, if you stay in them for your entire movement and your infantry team, you count as being gone to ground. That's it. There, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they make you, you know, because obviously you're hiding. Yeah, you can scooch along the. Yeah, so you yeah. unless you start to shoot over the top of it, you're generally out of sight. Is that... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the firing set was for, wasn't it? There was a, a block you slowed off. And various, or... various like um, homemade periscope, or not homemade, some actually special yeah. made periscope devices and that kind of thing. So... You seen some of the periscope rifles they made? Yep. They were nuts. <laughs> but no. well, I would like, I'll have three, please. <laughs> and on the other thing, you've got things like barbed wire included, obviously. Um, which works as barbed wire has always worked pretty much. So yeah, it can so still be cleared. Yeah. Um, it's eight by two, which is good to see. You need, I think you need around six sections, which is irritating because I think that's like a box and a half uh. of the pre, of the pre-built ones. I, I think that's, I think there's some that are four, but then I think there's some missions that give you extra. So I think you, you are looking at more than four pieces of barbed wire. Yeah, I think barbed wire is fairly easy. But if both players have one box each, Exactly, and you you will need bunkers. You absolutely will need bunkers because one of the things you can do as a um, as a machine gun platoon is you can actually turn, or in some of the, the scenarios, in fact, force you to turn 
uh, your uh, machine guns into machine gun lists. Okay. So they they weren't just deployed. Um, you know, machine guns were fixed positions within the lines a lot yeah. of the time. So rather than having you freely freely being able to put your machine guns down, you actually have to place them as part of the um, the fixed defense, if you like, which is it's quite nice. I, th- I think it's quite nice. Yeah. I'm looking at the the Hotchkiss HMG nest for the Belgians, and the the, the flavour text says, on the Yesser front, the Belgian army was forced to build its trenches in quotation marks above the ground, as the water table was just 50 centimetres below yeah. ground. Any trench dug quickly filled with oozing mud. Poor Belgians. Oh, they yeah, the, poor, the Belgians were yeah very unfortunate in this particular conflict. I think they, they were obviously in the Second World War as well, but this one really was um, pretty horrific for them as a nation. It's, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that that's, I think, broadly the, the terrain um, bonuses, or if you like. So we were just, sorry, we were just talking about the HMGs. Um, the Defender replaces, you can either do a one-for-one one with an HMG team from a platoon into a HMG nest, or you can take three machine gun teams and exchange them for an HMG pillbox. Because it's that much better, I guess, yeah. Yeah, the HMG nests are uh, essentially that. They're just a kind of um, firing position that's slightly fortified. The, the pillbox is a full-blown three firing slits, you know, concrete in, in placement. Right. Um, and they're a lot harder to destroy. But obviously you're exchanging three out of your four machine guns from a platoon for one and the machine guns are not cheap yes so, they are very pricey i've been looking at that that is one thing i have quite enjoyed is that they were the 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 kind of you have to remove all of your preconceptions about flames of war points for yes. great war just put them to one side because it means nothing yes how much is this gun team yeah <laughs> <laughs> it used to make me laugh with them in the first edition, when you're looking at trying to get a battery of four guns, you know, thinking, oh, you know, the guns would be really good, you know, against trenches, and I'll probably need to include some. And then it, you looked at it and went, oh, that's uh, that's 1,100 points. Cool. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, yeah, let's not do that. What are they, what are they now? I'm just trying to find. The, the Royal Horse Artillery is like 50 points. It's half your points in a 100 point game for four guns. Yeah. So even a, tra- so a trained 75 artillery battery. For four guns is thirty six points of your supposed yep. one hundred. Oh, well, yeah, but the seventy five millimeter is like you know the ultimate kind of experience. The, the seventy five is at four guns. It doesn't. It it's a kind of a waste because you don't. They have the quick fire rule. Yeah, they which do. puts some fire. Well, at four guns, it lets you count as um, fire, um, having five or more guns. So you count as you get the Every, extra. Yeah. Oh, do you, you get the bonus as well as the oh, yeah, yeah, you re-roll re- hits and on a. Uh, a bombardment you obviously get your opponent to re-roll uh, their saves so yeah. you will start shredding stuff but it is horrifically expensive but i think the other thing as well is the the direct fire anti-tank value isn't it is that it's like early war in flames of war where you just you pay the premium for the yes. fact that you can shred infantry but then also you can turn most of these little ad hoc spam cans inside out yes yeah the, the it's an interesting quandary to have actually because um you can play with no tanks. Yes. It's expensive and they are a bit... They're either, I think they're going to be one of those things that wins you a game or they're going to let you down dramatically and they will probably cost you a game, in all seriousness, because yeah, they're such an investment. They all cross-checks and they then get assaulted and die. That's yeah, 19 it, points just gone. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, th- I think they're going to. They're also going to be one of those things that people will get infuriated with because they, they'll 
just seem to go on forever as well. Um, you know, the big oh, ones, the, certainly. The land ships. Yeah, yeah the land ships. And I think it's probably worth covering that rule now, actually, while we're talking about it. Um, so. It's... So there's there's two classifications of, of armoured vehicles, if you like. There's just standard tank teams and there's land ships. So your standard tank teams work exactly how we'd expect them to. Um, uh, you know, any experience with Flames of War, you penetrate them, you know, pass fire, firepower check, they explode everywhere. Brilliant. Uh, land ships are slightly different. Land ships are the bigger things like the A7s and uh, actually just the... Mark 4s and 5s? I think they do, don't they? I think it's pretty much everything that isn't... Apart from the Whippet and the FT-17, everything else is a land ship. Yeah. So, to kill a land ship, um, you have to basically hit it as normal. uh, For them to fail their save as normal. And then you have to uh, roll a firepower check as normal. However, if that's successful, and they haven't already taken a damage, you then have to pass another firepower check to actually destroy them. However, if you don't, you just create a damage, and damaged land ships can still operate, and there's a table that tells you what um, they can and dam- can't do. They can and can't do. Um, and land ships can be, um, once you damage them again, you can destroy them. So for the second time, yeah. Uh, oh, no, sorry, not if you hit it for the second time. Sorry, there's a second grade down then as well, so you can put yes. two damage markers on it. And then when it's got two damage markers, you can then try and kill it. So you can actually, ki- you know, nickel and diamond to death with small arms stuff that's not particularly got a high firepower but um you know at that one damage level they're still firing normally um which would be fine if they didn't at the start of every turn in the yes. starting step get to roll a dice for every point of damage they have and if they pass a skill test repair themselves that's oh, great God. do we used to do that in the old edition no no it was my... so. no that this is a new rule for repairing land battleships, and to be fair, I think a lot of them did have their own mechanic on board. Oh yeah, so yeah, probably engineered like dedicated to like the engine, pretty much. It, exactly. So it does kind of make sense, but it does make like like I said, I think this is going to be one of those things where people are going to go pull their hair out, going, "I can't, why can't I pass a three plus firepower?" Or you pass it once and just damage it, and you're like, "Oh, good." So I, have now. Seen, I have just seen something that does make me think that the ideal Flames of War and Great War defensive army consists of nothing but a load of arboralists planting trees. <laughs> no, if the fails a cross-check, it is yeah. damaged and receives a damage marker instead. Yep. Oh, wait. Oh, oh no. Does it, does it still stop? Does it still stop? Where am I looking? All what right. page are you on, then? Uh, I am on uh, page 24. Oh, he's gone back. Landships that fail a cross-test. Landships can overcome obstacles through sheer force. However, they sometimes, however, sometimes they can get hung up on terrain or fall into a crater. When a landship fails a cross-test, it is damaged and receives a damage marker instead. Instead, that would suggest that it doesn't stop. That would suggest that it doesn't stop. Oh, God. Oh, God, yep. no. But, I mean, that's not really surprising because the mark 5 was developed to cross trenches and stuff yeah it, it i know that they you know they invariably didn't always make it but yeah that's pretty horrific i i'd missed that i i saw i knew that they'd um I if they failed a cross check they oh god yeah so they just go bomb have it although hold on look at the example i roll one the second av gets stuck as it tries into wood and must immediately stop moving no, it looks like it, it does stop it. 
looking at the cross test example. Oh, is this? It's we... actually a lot worse. You got to be much, yeah, much more careful. More going careful into then. All right. Yeah, because that's a guaranteed damage, which is a bit nasty. Movement staying. Are you looking? Are you the movement step? I was looking at the cross test on page twenty-four. There's a cross. There's usually a pictured example, and the pictured example yeah. is of A7 uh, V tanks. Uh, trying oh, to get through which wood. are land ships. Which are land ships, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's a land ship, it will also become damaged and must be yep. repaired before it can move again. Ah, okay. Whew. But the the other thing to probably mention about the land ships is they come with uh, the full selection of all the armament you will ever need. So yeah. you get uh, usually machine guns out the side. You may have a machine gun out the rear. You may have a gun or machine guns out the front. That if they're basically what they say they are, aren't they? They are a battleship on tracks. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, so every every example of the British, German, and French ones has some sort of at least 57 millimeter guns. The British and yep. Germans have 57s. The French have a 75. Um, the exception here being obviously the female tanks and the British, which just have machine guns. Although yep. this, but we do get an introduction of the hermaphrodite, which has. A bit of both, so it has um, a six-pounder on one side, and you can choose which side you put it in, and a machine gun, and a machine gun um, sponsor on the other side. So you still got a whole load of point three free fire, and then yep. you've got um, the occasional whack of a HE round. So, well, what's interesting as well is because the land battleships obviously have so many crew, um, that you're actually able to operate and fire all of those weapons independently. Yeah. Whoa. So you can literally go along just. Spraying stuff with machine gun fire at both sides whilst banging away with whatever's out the front, and you know you're not just firing an additional dice at something. They can all target, I believe, different um, teams as well. Yeah, because I mean the, her- the hermaphrodite it was the idea. It was that you you have the first one that's dropped off the scenes, it crosses, yeah. and then its machine gun side is shooting down the trench you just crossed, while the field where their um hate their um six pounder is looking for any field guns that might try and ruin its day. On, on your sort of the enemy's hinterland, so it's oh, like a, God. it's quite, it's quite, there's a bit of thinking behind it rather than just trying to go a bit of it, bit of everything. It has got a little bit of like thought put behind why you would do it. Yeah. I think that's that's true of everything. By this point in the war, I think they realise that they can't just you know throw bodies at the wall and see what sticks. Well, I mean, man- manpower has become critical at this point. I mean, yes, we yeah. still had the Commonwealth, and obviously the big differentiator was the Americans joining in. But you know, everyone, everyone was running short of manpower. That's good old day, boys. Up and so, um, I think we talked about a lot of the extra rules. There is a, there's a few more. That, so, the, basically, the, I should cover this actually. The, the Flames of War V4 rules are basically Great War. So, if you're familiar with V4, then you'll be familiar with the majority of the rules that are yeah. being played with. There, there are some extra little bits and pieces. Um, I think it's actually, one, do you know what the saddest thing I thought was one of the special rules that made me look twice was the very wide tracks which is actually the first occurrence I can remember of a re-roll appearing oh not a re-roll but it's like do you remember how the old um, oh what were they where they gave you a sort of a a roll another dice and something else happens wide track wide tracks kind of saved didn't they yeah only only even worked if you actually shouted out wide tracks at top of your voice yeah (laughs) that's come back in so wide tracks um if you fail a cross test, you get to roll a four plus, or if you roll a dice and on a four plus, you can ignore it. Oh, so you get a save against it. Yeah, which I think is the first time I've seen that come back in in the new 
new books of something not going straight into a strat, stat line. Mm-hmm. I've just seen something that's scary. Counterattack in terrain. Tanks oh. breaking off. Right. Even if it's slow, the tank is practically invulnerable to infantry in close combat. If a tank team that is not damaged breaks off from an assault, the tank team does not end, need to end more than six inches for the enemy team for the assault to end, and the tank is not captured. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, God. Well, that means that you try to break away, and if you get bogged, you're like, nah, I'm stuck. I don't care. Yeah. No, you do, because you'll be damaged. No, not if you're a little FT-17, you won't. If you're not an FT-17, you won't. But if you're a land battleship, you will get damaged. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. A few little interactions, actually, like that, that make you stop and think. I think the problem that I had was they were dotted out throughout the rules. So it's almost like trying to forget what I've learned. Yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe it's worth going through with a fine tooth comb and making a big, like, this isn't the same list. Yeah. And then having that on the table when we play. Yep. It's fine. Yeah, I've been in the rules at the best of times. <laughs> Sorry? It's fine. I've been in the rules at the best of times anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> so should we, now we've gone through the rules, very, it'll be very, very briefly. Uh, do you want to have a look at the uh, lists? The, the five army lists that we've got within the, um, the oh, book itself, the forces. Can my wallet take this? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, this probably wallet. isn't for you. It's probably more the structural integrity of my shelving units. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no cheap plastic. Oh, actually, though, having said that, are the new starter sets plastic? I think I, they are. I would very much doubt it. Do you think? Yeah. yeah they're not going to make um, plastics just for this. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would well, be wrong, but um, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. It's something. It's something so classic about World War One, Great War gaming that resin and metal and it kind of needs to be. I think plastic's too modern for this. <laughs> yeah, brass. Can I have them cast in brass? That's... <laughs> Whittled out of uh, whalebone. Whittled, yeah. Okay, so um, first up. What's the first list we got? Uh, See Germans? Germans. Yeah. Germans. So before, as a German player, you got the, the choice of having as your primary formation, or what used to be the, the army list, if you like, in, was it V1? Yeah. Was um, was infantry company. That was broadly, you had Stoss company, which was a, a flavor of, but broadly speaking, it was a, a, an infantry company um, that you were dealing with. And that, what they've done now is broken those out into two different formations. So you've got infantry formations and then assault formations. It's interesting because um, you've now got the Stoss and infantry companies accompanied by the Jaeger company and the Siegfried Stellung. Is that the Stoss Truppen? Yeah, the Stoss. So that everyone gets in the German force uh, infantry vor, uh, which means they've got a better blitz rating. So that helps them obviously with their fire and maneuver. So they can yeah. keep going even though they can, you know, put that down, uh, lay down some fire, covering fire. Do they still uh, have the Flames of War Stormtrooper rule or not? Well, well they can do two. Um, yeah. No. Okay. So the, what we what I found is that um, looking at these, the newer 
Great War rules is that the they appear to have changed all of the universal national rules, if you like, yeah. into uh, almost enhancements to your basic stat line. Okay. So a lot of them were uh, you get a better blitz move, or you get a better rally save, or a better counter attack. Um, a lot of them were built in as a just an enhancement to your basic stat line. That's a lot easier to remember. Which is a hell of a lot easier to remember. Um, they might have cool, funky rules uh, and names, sorry, but they don't do necessarily something bonkers. They're just and they're built in therefore into the cards as well. So I, I think that will be easier to to work with. Uh, I could, you know, that's not. Having said that, there's always an exception to the rules, but generally yeah. speaking, that's that's what you've got. So, I mean, um, for example, if we look at the, just the basic infantry company for the Germans, um, you're looking at they're confident trained, um, but they're also aggressive. Oh, so yes. Hit you're going to be, plus. yeah, hit on threes. Um, the blitz move gives you a three plus blitz, sorry, for infantry four. Um, but I think it's quite interesting because obviously, you know, you've had the flower of the, um, the, the, the German army has been pretty much annihilated by this point. Yes. So there's an awful lot of conscripts in there. So it's, it's um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing that the Germans aren't necessarily as elite as you would expect. Yeah. Um, and then if well, you skip. Well, what I've just noticed as well, and it's actually a theme that I haven't quite picked on throughout the book, you have the Werfer section. Yes. The Granatenwerfer that werfs Granaten. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the Minenwerfer. Yes. However... So these are light mortar teams. Yes. Um, so trench mortar teams, essentially. They are not, for Flames of War players, they're not template weapons. No. They yeah, are just... Like, like mortars, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, they're just... Um, they have a minimum range, direct fire, so they have yep. a, a moving and a halted rate of fire, um, but they have overhead fire, so they can fire over other teams, yep. but you don't get the template of doom. So you That's don't right. Have to break um, in. You're just rolling direct fire shots, essentially. When when I was playing in, in the first version of the rules, what I found was the Werfers um, and the, uh, for the Germans, especially, were very, very good or were useful at taking out pillboxes or machine gun nests, I should say. Oh, nice. Because they've got that three plus firepower. Yeah. You can drop them over the head of your advancing troops. Um, and that three plus firepower, essentially, um, machine gun nests work like land ships for uh, fortifications. So if you. If they fail their save, you pass a firepower check, you then have to pass another firepower check to actually destroy it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that three plus really, really helped to try and get, um, you know, knock out those specific targets. And actually, it's even better because you don't want a big template a lot of the time because you're supporting that infantry assault. And actually, yeah. the danger close, you don't have to worry Just about because it's it. the only downside is it is one stand. It's one quite expensive stand that three is a unit by itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's only got three up save. And it has. Can't. I'm guessing you can't um, mistaken target hits off of it either. No, you can't because it's not an HQ. It, it's just a team. So you sit yep. there and get machine gunned. You are in trouble. Yep. So you have to be <laughs> very, very careful with them. And, and again, that's what I found previously with that. Um, you had to keep them almost, you know, screened by your infantry troops. But they did work well. And I think that, you know, like I said, there there is definitely a place for them. Yeah. Um, the the other irony then, moving on from those guys, is that the machine gun platoons, the HMGs on their big tripod, yeah. can bombard. <laughs> uh, 
they can. They can. Um, it's a bit like, well, no, it's, it's actually better than the ones. Do you remember the, uh, uh, was it the early war British used to have that rule where they could bombard with their machine guns, but it could yeah, only pin was, down. You could do it in late war. With... Yeah, Brits can always do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a, like I say, it's very much a hangover from having dedicated machine gun yeah, battalions. So, I mean, the, those guys, they can bombard, but it's it's all right. It's not going to dig anyone out of a foxhole, is it? Do you reckon but it they, will suppress one. Well, no, it's, but it's fair to, to, as a harassment fire for moving troops rather yeah. than... Yeah, but I mean, would, would the rounds be, still be supersonic by that point? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you're in a foxhole, unless it falls directly in your foxhole, it's not good. It's, there's no splash to it, effectively. Yeah, no, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to imagine, like, would, would, you, would they still crack as they came in? I, uh, if, you were, if you were walking along and all of a sudden you get subjected to this HMG bombardment, would it just be like thuds, or would it be the supersonic crack of the rounds coming in? I, I, I don't. Mm, I, 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 I don't know. I psychologically, what would be worse, like a splashing of rain and somebody falls over, or yeah, oh gosh, oh, <laughs> give myself the judders. There was certainly, um, there was certainly something to be said about. I mean, First World War was the origin of the the phrase shell shock, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, artillery, right. um, but being under barrage for a continu- continued amount of time, whatever it was, I think had a you know severe psychological defect by uh, whoever was being the target of that. So, yeah. But again, if you're paying to go back to the rule set, if you like, if you're paying 19 points to do a, a you know a six plus firepower <laughs> artillery barrage, I think you might be doing it wrong. Yeah, unless I mean it's got a 40 inch range. You know, that that means that you've got the flexibility of having those really good defensive weapons actually putting a pin on a unit that's just come from reserves or even counter artillery battery fire. If you've guys got two guns and you can drop these on them and they, you know, pin Pin those guns to save your your armoured assault. Especially when you're you're playing this on a 4x4 table as well. Oh, right. Yeah, you can hit the entire table with your HMGs. That. It's, it's interesting actually because I think the in these this particular set of rules and again when I've played it the HMG feels like the real danger weapon if you like you know like in I found that in Flames of War having a machine gun platoon was like a, almost a luxury you didn't really need it it was yeah problem. or a liability depending on how yeah. much tunes you've got exactly but in this it feels that they are like much more like they are kind of your the main part of the mainstay of your force and you will need them and i think it goes back to that defensively they're going to be those strong points that you're going to build your defensive um trench works around with those machine yeah. gun nests and then offensively like you said it gives you a way to just reach out and and just stop stuff moving as well if you can just pin it um that's almost as, uh, as good as trying to actually kill stuff on a smaller board yeah the um it's interesting actually as well because the, they've, they've made um anti-tank weapons more pervasive in this okay. it used to be quite a um used to have actually the the tank gun was like in the hq section before right so do you remember you used to have like the the battalion or company commander and then sometimes yes. they could have additional assets assigned to them and that's where, exactly that's where you often found the um the anti-tank guns for the ass uh, in in the company command whereas now they're actually part of the formation itself so they're their own little units so i think they're a little bit more uh, accessible, and I think that's probably not a terrible thing. And again, they're really expensive. Like a 37 mil anti tank gun is like eight points. I'm uh, sorry. That's right. 
I, I was just saying, I was just looking at the infantry platoon for the Germans, like, oh, MG 18, uh, sorry, 0815. It was like, why do I know that name? And I was like, oh, that's what my Volksturm are armed with in, in my Berlin <laughs> list. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff gets reused eventually. <laughs> yeah. Probably the same people. Well, yeah, entirely. Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Wow. Um, I am I am seeing flamethrowers, Lee. Yeah. Um, Duncan, sorry. I'm seeing flamethrowers. Yeah. That is a difference as well. Again, the flamethrowers were, for the, certainly for the Germans, the um, within the Thos companies, but they've now opened that up so that normal infantry platoons can have a flamethrower. Um, they are three points. Um, they are expensive. Oh, I totally missed that they were in the normal list. I was looking at the picture of the yeah. Thos troopers with their cool little no, ball flamethrower attack. What what I've actually found is that the, that they've almost opened up that flamethrower option to a lot of the regular troops across the army list. Most infantry platoons, I'm not going to say all, but most, seem yeah. to have access to a flamethrower. Uh, it's only one flamethrower, and it is usually um, about three points. It doesn't seem to vary a lot depending on the quality of the troops. Yeah. Um, but that is, for that, it is quite expensive for what it does. It's only, if you look at the actual rate of fire and stuff, it's only two dice. Two dice range for... With the automatic firepower, though, and yeah. the flamethrower rule, they—they they are. I'm not saying they're not good, but they are—they are a significant investment, and you've got to get them in the right place to use them. And they're more uh, risky now that the the firer, you know, V4, the firer gets to pick who he's trying to shoot. Absolutely, you can pick them out a lot. Uh, you know, mistaken target's going to get you so far, but you know, when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Stoss Troopen. So these are the original, um, you know, move and fire, if you like, of the uh, the Germans. Um, so they're the much more experienced soldiers. They're veterans usually, though. During Operation Michael and the Kaiserschlag, they were the, you know, the the spear tip, if you like, of the stuff going in. Yeah. So they get some additional special rules, which include. Um, so again, they get trench fighters. So that's an extra plus one to hit in assaults. Oh my gosh. Yes, they hit on twos. Plus. Yeah, of pistols and MP18 yep. SMGs. Oh. Yep. they are they are a murder fest and an assault. Um, stuff is going to die. Um, spearhead, so you can make spearhead move now with them, which is really good. Nice. So that gets them a little bit further up, and it um, the tunes, yeah, exactly. And they can night attack. Oh, so, nice! And it states the missions they can night attack in as well. Yes, it's really really clear now. Um, oh. Yep. They are, do you know what, I, I've got one platoon of them and I really wish I had more because um, I think they'd be, they'd, they'd, they were great fun to play with and I think that's just going to get even more so now. And they have um, the super cool painted helmets, don't they? They do, they have the, uh, oh God, I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, they get the, the triple camo um, on, the, on the helmets. You can do that on a lot of the um, late war stuff. They were, uh, sorry, late Great War. But yeah, the, yeah. the Stoss company definitely had them. Um, they, they, it's funny actually. You know, you think of these Germans as being sort of um, very trimmed and immaculate. Uh, apparently, the Stoss troopers were very almost like the sort of uh, punk rockers or the you know sort of heavy metal band of the Germans. So they had long hair and facial hair, and you know they all had a regular kit. So they they made their own close combat weapons. This way, you get like trench clubs and stuff. Stuff that just works. Yeah. So they were the real kind of yeah. Yes, they're encouraged. Uh, they're encouraged to do, and this is again the start of the Germans being um, having those mission tactics for World War Two. So they were all, you know, briefed on what they needed to do, and you know, 
they 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 circumnavigated strong points and probe for weak points they weren't really given um hard and fast objectives they were given flexible um objectives and what to actually achieve so that you know they really are the kind of cutting edge of a german attack and and they, that's reflected again in their rules they are bonkers expensive but they are bloody good oh oh wow yes 20 points for <laughs> nine teams. <laughs> yeah, but not only that, it's nine teams, seven of which are armed with pistols. Oh my gosh. So uh, if yeah, you're if range. You, <laughs> you cannot I've tried this before and it went badly. You cannot defend with them. <laughs> yeah, well they get two they get two of those MG. Well oh gosh, they're only rate of fire. Yeah, it got two MG to stand yeah. basically. Yeah, they're like light machine guns, prototype light machine guns. In essence, a proto light machine gun, sorry, not proto. Yeah, and then you can replace um, one Bowser pistol team with an yep. SMG team, which gives them an extra point of rate of fire, that's it. Yep. It's They are really, really good on the offensive, but oh you, my cannot, gosh. you cannot hold a line with them. And that's why I said, looking at that for the article, um, if you want, you want these guys to attack, you need these yeah. guys to attack, and therefore you need to build a force that delivers them in an attack. And actually the way that the scenarios work is... Again, like um, the, the V4 rules, there are criteria now for who attacks. Yeah. Not you know, you can just roll a dice, or most armored team wins. So I think you're looking at including tanks. You've got to include at least one tank with the sauce platoon to try and give it that chance of just attacking. Because I think if you if yeah. you end up sit with them sat in a trench, that they're wasted. That's awesome. They're really cool though. They're it's a really cool force. I mean, they're they're fearless veterans. They're going nowhere. You know, sorry, guys, sorry one, one second. I just need to just my, my wallet's starting to scream. Let me just. Uh, <laughs> uh, Is it? I, I've got to I'll behave, Tacey. I'm sorry. Apologise <laughs> to the missus. She listens to this. I'm not buying any more. I promise. Well, um, what is funny is that you even suffer for things like. So if you look at their mine and warfare. Yeah. Because their mine and warfare is also a, a Stoss company. Mine and warfare is three <laughs> oh points <my> more. <laughs> it's twelve points. It's, it's three it's points more than points the standard. One stand. Yep. Oh, but look what a stand! It thirty-two is, inch range, rate of fire yep. two, overhead fire with a two plus firepower. Yep, it's confident veteran and it gun assaults on a four plus. So even if someone tries to charge it, there's a good chance <laughs> they're going to turn around, just knife them in the head. Fire at point blank range. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. I think that's, that's going to be the biggest thing for the Stoss company is that I think that you're going to struggle to to build a significant formation out of them because even them even their machine gun platoons you can only take two guns rather than the four of the standard yeah, infantry. That's because they're six points each. Yeah, but they they they're still only they're limited to two. So whereas the, yeah. the the standard infantry can have up to four machine guns. So again, if you think about them on the defensive, you've only got two nests. You haven't even got oh. the Oh, God, the capability yeah. to to create a pillbox. So they are really an offensive force. If you're going to choose one, you're going to have to go full out, full full calorie, full potato, uh, full potato attack. Full so that's 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 what they should be. Yeah. Um, coming on to the next one, the interesting thing I found about this is the inclusion of the Jaeger troops. Okay. So I was under the impression. That all of the Jaeger, so all the hunter um, battalions for the, the German army were actually deployed to the east. But it looks like um, one unit was transferred back, and that this uh, inclusion then represents that one uh, Jaeger. So, it's, so a, it's, the, it's the Flames of War history where one is enough. 
Yeah, I think it's what they tried to do, and in their defence, I, I know this isn't a historical thing, but what they tried to do is give you a um, kind of almost a militia infantry option, a really good um, veteran option, and then some middle. Yeah, if that makes sense. So I think this is some of them that some of that flavour trying to come through. Um, but yeah, they're they're essentially light troop veteran light troops. Um, yeah. They are flexible. They're they're better than the standard infantry, certainly. Um, but they suffer with some of the points costs because of their veterancy. Again, you yeah. can get a lot bigger platoons though. So again, uh, if you look at the basic Jaeger platoon, it's twenty points for a full strength one, but that's thirteen stands now, yeah. of which eleven are rifle teams and two are uh, MG eighty oh eight fifteens. So it's a lot with more spearhead. With spearhead. Yeah, these guys are going to be on you fast. You can throw in anti-tank teams, tank throwers, upgrade yep. to grenade launchers, rifle SMGs. Yep. And SMGs. They get, yep, they get the full option loadout. They're uh, veteran, confident veterans. So they're, again, nicely um, pointed for that. You know, three plus for the veterancy, four plus for the motivations, good. They've hit on fours. So... I think these guys are probably they're kind of the top end of the the mid ground, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're still expensive, but you know, they're really they're really starting to get into that position where you can actually get a decent sized force. Whereas the Stoss Troop, and you're you're losing some of that flexibility in how they're um, constructed simply because they're an aggressive offensive force. And at the other end, you've then got the Secret Stilung. I was going to say, yeah, brilliant. This I saw this and this is the one of the first lists I looked at and was like, oh, that's awesome. So this is obviously the defenders of the um, Secret line, Hindenburg line. Yeah. So um, they're, they're one of their core platoons actually field guns. So whereas everyone else has got a core platoon, a, a black box core platoon of two infantries, they get an infantry platoon and a field gun <laughs> platoon. So they really are that kind of static force. And if you look at them, they're, they're those guys. <laughs> yeah. They reminded me of, uh, do you remember when Bridge by Bridge came out? Yes. For the Germans. And there was that, was it Camp Group Schroboda, which was just... Yeah, Schroboda. Yeah, which was uh, AA guns all over the place. I remember that one well, because it was (laughs) me up. Yeah. This this list reminded me of that, because it is just field guns, mortars, field guns, more field guns. (laughs) They have better motivation when they're inside their concrete dugouts. Yes. Yes, they do. I, I th- going back to again, these special rules are uh, an enhancement to their stat lines, yeah. but I think they add real flavour to to what you're trying to do. And I think again, looking at the um, they've got stuff as well like the defence in depth, where um, you have to put um, other forces must be placed in reserve before the secret stellung. So if you're running multiple formations or things like that, yeah. you have to start with all of your secret stellung on the footboard and everything else goes in reserve. So it's just something you have to play around with again, knowing you know knowing what's going to be on table what's not going to be on table so I, I like that max and attach these guys as like a, a a cheeky defend my objective with the minimum formation because otherwise we, if you get reserves they're the only thing that's going to be on the board yeah you're gonna to have to do that they have to, other units have to be placed in reserve before you can put anything from the secret cell information in so they are going to be on the table all of the time guns guns more guns reluctant veteran though sexy reluctant veteran yeah, you get that unlucky pin though. I know. Oof. So they're four up if they're in their dug their dugouts, but five yeah. up else wise. Yep. Interesting. 
But again, it's just another interesting list. I think. It gives yeah, you yeah. Variety. I completely miss those guys. It's really cool. I mean, the little they got the little infantry guns, which are quite sweet. Um, they got the big old seven point seven uh, field guns. They got you know three point seven centimeter anti tank guns. So I mean, you know, if you've already got an infantry force and you want to try something different, it's not gonna you're not gonna have to paint a lot more models to try something. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the single infantry field gun is like 10 points, I think, isn't it? 10, 11 points, something like that? Yes, it's 10 points for a single gun. Yeah, so, you you, you know, that's going to stack up pretty quickly. Speaking of points stacking up quickly, the 87 Panzer. Hello, Panzer. Hello, well, sorry, should, Panzer. Should I say Actung Panzer? <laughs> so, with a mighty front armour too. Oh, look at that thing. <laughs> impervious yep. to pretty much anything it's it really it's mm, you say impervious <laughs> mm. but it you know it's it's a beast it's going to take some stopping and it well, is going to 19 points is going to be destructible right well i mean i found i found it just did great work just um plonking near an objective and going well eh, whatever <laughs> is my objective there are many ones like yeah. it, but this one is mine i mean the fact you've got a broadside of two uh I mean, two side machine uh two machine gun teams so it's got six dice of machine guns out of each side i yes. mean yeah and that stays the same whether you're moving or halting as well it's always yeah. six it's always what? six dice we've got yeah. another six shots to the rear as well yep oh, she can't, she can't flank it <laughs> yeah i mean that's so, that so is the thing don't attack this diagonally from the rear <laughs> do, you know, do you know what one game I was I was playing a um, it was like an objective behind the front line thing and this guy just rolled on backwards because I was like I just want all the machine guns I don't need a field gun exactly this badger is reversing they are really they are really good but they're they are so expensive I think I've got two I think now I'm going to be looking at probably one. Yeah. I think because they're just so pricey. And they're, again, going back to that thing is if you put a lot of points into two of them, yeah, you better be using them right. Yeah. Um, my next favourites, though, are the captured British tanks. You beauty. Everyone lo- loves uh, a boot panzer, especially me. Um, so you can you have the options for the Mark IV, male, female, and I think that's it. Yeah. yeah no Mark V. No Mark V. So we'll, we'll go over those entries in the British, but suffice to say, they're quite tasty as well. And then um, in your support options, you also get like a standard and then a veteran um, artillery unit. So, for example, the, the 7.62 infantry gun comes in both a standard flavor and a veteran flavor, depending on how many points you've got to play with. So I like the idea that you can customize that. But again, each of these stands, and this is what I found really interesting, is each, sorry, each of these units is one stand. So yeah. you have a one-gun um, battery, if you like. They are really vulnerable, really, really vulnerable. Um, you know, you've got three-up saver. You will fail at some point. Yeah, they've got a gun shield, but... Well, well, four-up No, it's, it's the three-up save the infantry guns. The small ones. Oh, the small ones. Yeah. yeah, the field guns is four because they're, they're big, but I mean, still... It's a big in points investment. And, you know, we all know from Flames of War, um, one gun bombardments. Yeah, no, not going to happen. And we four up, three rolling hits. It's not great. But um, anti tank eight, range 24. Yep. Rate of fire two, taking out 19 point units as a single shot. 
because they yep. can't save against it. It's tasty. Well, the other thing you can do is do the because um, the the battlefield is quite contracted. Um, if you're firing infantry in uh, trenches, you know you've got the three up firepower, direct fire, two oh, dice halted. Just yeah, shoot them direct. Yeah, just shoot them direct. It's not outside it's not of their great. outside of their uh, return rifle fire. Exactly. Yeah, for God's sake, don't stick yourself in uh, in range of a machine gun or anything like that. But <laughs> it, it, it does give you an option. What's that noise? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then every list as well has also got uh, access to a sniper now. So Ooh. they say sniper. I prefer the term sharpshooter because these aren't really snipers. These are, yeah. you know, um, they might have a telescopic sight or something like that on them, but they're not, you know, they're it's not. Marksman, really. It's marksman, mate. Exactly. Exactly that. So they, they get some bonuses. They're, they're, they're very... I've, I skipped over them every time in every list because I looked at them and went, oh, that's quite a lot of points. Yeah. Um, I just don't... I don't know... I mean, people, I'm sure, will prove us wrong, but I just look at it and go four points, for, for example, for the Germans. What lethal do? That's a good question. I think it's to do with your cover save. It's got a four firepower. Just to throw a, a complete spanner in the works. Yeah, you throw a spanner. I know. It's better than a brick. Sniper under the sniper rules, lethal. Um sniper team's always on the ground. Yep. Um teams hit by team are pinned down. That's it, basically. So you always pin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not as exciting as it first sounded. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was with the cover save. Uh, well, they've got a four-up firepower to deal with cover. Yeah. Four-up firepowers, meh. It's better like, than six for a rifle team. But they can also yeah. be held in ambush in addition to any other teams permitted by the mission. Yeah. So and you, can go into no-man's land instead of their deployment area. They can. They can sneak up ahead. So they have... I think, again, they've got the use. I just, I just think it's four points for a three-up save infantry stand. But that would die if you assault it because it has no tactical move. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I think it's it's an interesting option. I'm glad they've got it in there, and it's, it's probably going to take some playing, to be honest, isn't it? I, the auto pin. I mean, being able to out, if you're sitting there and you've got this flamethrower assault that's about to run down your face, being able to pop out an ambush with a one, you know, is he rate of fire one or two? He's rate of fire one. One shot, absolute close range, getting a pin, you know. It'll t- it's going to take some playing. I think you can't really judge off the immediately off the, the book how yeah. it's going to be. I just, my biggest thing is just it's four points. That's a the other thing is for, for me was always just pinning bloody artillery teams. Yeah, but it's only got 16 inch range. Yeah, you're going to be in no man's land, but that's enough, though, right? I mean, you're on a four-foot board. Yeah, but it also means if you're in no man's land, you're probably likely to get run over at any moment. Depends on what they've got. Wave. It does, man. It does. You know. But that that that's the last entry in the Germans, isn't it? Apart from the pillboxes, which are just generic. They tell you how the yeah, they tell you how the pillboxes work, basically. She doesn't concrete. Yep. Yeah. You knew they'd work so well together. What do you mean they don't have a move value? <laughs> yeah, they got dash rally. No, they haven't. Well, oh, can, can I blitz my pillbox? Uh, yeah, why not? Because it can't move. <laughs> it says it's not a move in the rules. 
pillbox is hit on two plus. <laughs> mm. So uh, that was the Germans. Is he British? Mm. I like the look of these guys now. Right. Again, they've added a lot of diversity in the list, and uh, and uh, Eddie's. I think he's uh, he's groaning because he's just seen the cavalry squadron again. Oh, yeah. sabers. So you can't, interestingly, you can't take one for the Germans. The Germans didn't have any uh, yeah. cavalry assets like that. So, but they do have the stuff British. I think they do. So, uh, so uh, I, actually, this would be interesting. Um, wish list. Mm. German force. Yeah. What would you get? If I could do any. Yeah. Mm -mm. I like the look of the new, the two new ones. So it'd be a toss-up between the Jaegers and the uh, Siegfried Stellung. I think. Interesting. I think if I was to put my competitive hat on, I think I'd go Jaeger. Yeah. If I was right. not, I would probably, if I was going for something funny, I think the Siegfried Stellung would be hilarious. <laughs> I think I'd go Stoss just because less figures to paint. Stoss, yeah. <laughs> Stoss and the 60 figures. Helmets. And he got his cool yeah. helmets to paint, yeah. 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 The Stoss company is, is good, but I, I think it's one of those ones where you're going to have to put it in the right scenario and if you do, you're going to murder stuff. And if I'll it's not the right... i their machine guns and club them with my bodies. We'll club them with your uh, homemade trench club. Yes. <laughs> well, that's okay. a good question. We'll have that after each one then. Yeah, we'll have a little... yeah, yeah. yeah, let's do that. I like that. This is Fares from the Future interrupting this podcast to bring you a vital message from our loyal listener, Mr. Warwick West. If you live in Australia and love Flames of War, there is a mid-war competition on the 27th and 28th of April 2019 being held at Mount Gravatt, Brisbane, Queensland. Meaning this podcast is officially listened to on at least three continents. The competition itself is 100 points from any mid-war list and should be loads of fun. See the website at brizcon.com.au for more information. If you yourself have any Battlefront game events happening, drop me a line at fez at breakthroughassault.co.uk and I'll shamelessly plug them for you like this. For the low, low price of free. Now, back to the Great War goodness. So, um, again, the Brits, you've got the imaginatively titled Line Division Rifle Company, uh, the Elite Division Rifle Company, the Anzac or Canadian Rifle Company, and then the Cavalry Squadron, uh, followed by a smorgasbord of uh, support units. Yeah, so, pointing out that the British can actually have more tanks, I think, anyone else. Yes. The yeah. Ger Germans get one box of up to six tanks, with yes. the Brits get two boxes of four, four each. Yeah. Yeah. Being and actually, British. it's probably worth covering off. Oh, sorry. Are we going to go into that now or save them for later? What's that, the Brits? or? Well, the fact that the, tank, the tanks the Brits can take. I think we're going to the actual oh, I just want the yeah. force at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say that the other thing worth mentioning is that the British tanks are also you're also eligible to take them for the other Entente allies. So yeah. you'll invariably find that the say the Belgians will have a slot that says you can take four British tanks um, as part of that force, uh, and we all we all know that why that is because um, we invented the tank. Uh, At the same time, for some reason, the British can also take French tanks. Yeah, I don't know why you would. Not, not entirely sure that this. I suppose the FT 17 has got a turret. Yeah, and it's cool, it's doesn't cool. die in assault. It's a cool. It's a cool little um, breakout tank, FT 17. It is very good. It's very ahead of its time, actually. Yeah, it pretty much defines how tanks will be for this. <laughs> in a way that really, yeah. the other tanks don't. <laughs> it's like 
No. Maybe the Churchill no. kind of comes close to it. I like the idea that the, the FD-17s just completely just kept rampaging through the interwar period and were finally stopped by the... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I meant they were out. There's still what a happened? couple of lists that you use in World War II, isn't there? I mean, they pop up in the Sicily list or something like that. <laughs> well, they... Yeah. I think they're in the Balkans somewhere as well, aren't they? Yeah, they just keep popping up everywhere. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, the British, British special rules then. Special rules. They get British Bulldog, as they've always done, which is, again, built into their stat line, and it's a better counter-attack. And they get Trench Fighters universally as well. So they get a better assault rating across the board, which is actually very interesting. So almost all of their troops at, at any point are, be- well, better assault troops than anyone else, generically. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk yeah. about like, how the Canadians and Australians were, were like the, the prime assault forces, but really, like say, all the British forces were just at this point yeah. pretty, uh, pretty much worked out how to do assaults. Yeah, I saw they were quite equipped to do that. I saw Simon's post on that. What, sorry, I should I, I phrased it poorly, I think, in the article, in that the Germans knew that, that the Canadians and Australians were kind of um, shock forces. That, that's not to downplay the, the, the sort of standard rifle division's capabilities, but it was just something they kept t- tabs on, and they knew that where they were at any given time because they knew that sector was likely to have an attack come out of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they, they, they gave quite a lot of... Um, kudos to the Canadian and Australian forces but like Lee says that, that that shouldn't diminish from the fact that the standard line infantry was by this point in the war very good at you know what it was doing mm. so uh, speaking of the line infantry they are yeah HQ well, just the, the HQ company has the Webley pistol team and my yeah. other factoid knowledge is that the officers had to go out and buy their own pistols <laughs> do they have a white stick as well? Like um, a well they, I'm sure they, they did, uh, but it's the fact that officers were not issued sidearms, and if you're an officer, <laughs> you were considered to be of sufficient wealth to provide your own firearm to go fight with. Um, so Webley became the de facto issued, well, it wasn't issued, the de facto firearm of an officer, Supply. because that's what everyone said, oh, what do I go buy? And everyone said, oh, go buy a Webley, they're pretty good. <laughs> um, but then you'd have people taking all sorts of random things because there's no official issued sidearm or weapon for an officer in the British Army at the time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that the Colt M1911s appear more often. Well, I, th- I imagine they're rather expensive and at the same time, in trench warfare, a revolver is pretty much always going to work. It's true. Revolvers yes. are, yeah, they are the pinnacle of, of um, like, liability compared to a semi-auto yes well not only that is if they don't go off you can just use them as a club <laughs> yes because they've got a lot of weight to them they got like to say you got about six put well um five in, nope, sorry, like four infantry platoons and two machine gun platoons the what the for the rifle platoon in the formation yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, um, and the actual rifle between the way it's constructed is really interesting. So you get two rifle grenades, two Lewis MGs, and then five rifle teams. Oh. So you've got a real combination of firepower. The um, the rifle grenades are really good because they've got that overhead fire rule. Um, yeah. They've also got four up firepower text. So if you can get them in range, they're actually quite good at digging out people from tra- uh, trench work. Uh, they're only out, only out to 12, though. So They are only out to 12. Yep, and then you've got the Lewis MG teams, which are... Like 
standard LMGs, I think, from version 4, so 3.2.2, 6 up fire. But they're, they're, because of their um, special rules, the platoon's pretty good. So they're only confident trained, but they're going to assault uh, and hit on threes. They're going to counterattack on threes. Um, and they hit on fours. And they hit on fours. So for 11 points, you get nine stands as well. That's so they are powerful. Yeah, I, I like the look of the British, actually. I previously kind of poo-pooed them uh, in the old rules. I think they've got some real, real versatility in them now. So you get um, machine guns and trench mortars again um, that aren't too expensive, I guess. No, they're not. There's two stands for seven points. Hmm. Whereas the veteran ones were, was it one one stand for six? Yeah. So you can definitely, I mean, I think three is going to be the sweet spot for yeah. any machine guns. Because um, then as well, you're firing your barrage, not re-rolling hits. And you can swap them out for the one pill box. Exactly. If you need to, or three machine gun nests, it gives you real some real flexibility there. Uh, and the Stokes mortars are pretty good uh, trench mortar. Got the three up firepower, which is nice, twenty four inch range. Now the direct fire. Yeah, solid. It's a solid choice. Um, again, it's just one stand though that worries me, but they're just what you've got to go with. You can have four of them. <laughs> four individual bases. Yeah. How about you, sir? If you spread them all far out enough, they can't shoot all of them with one platoon. That's right. Well, they've got to fire one platoon and one platoon. Yeah. Well, team, you can split between platoons, right? Do teams at the team. Yes, you team, can. But yeah. Yeah. That's why you have to be like, you know, as long as you're at the other side of the board, you'll be fine. <laughs> so what do we think of the line? It's, it's pretty... Um, and it's pretty vanilla, but they, they, they're quite they're quite strong, I think, as a basic formation. I think they yeah. only look vanilla because, like you say, the special rules are rolled <clears> into their little stat line box. Yeah. And the three-up counter-attack and the three-up assault value is pretty spanky, with especially with hit on four plus. Yeah, the hit on four plus is nice. Really nice for it. And it goes back to, I think, when we talked about before, Battlefront learning that you don't have to keep standardised across all these boxes now. You can really manipulate yeah. stuff. So essentially they're like vet trained troops but with a veterancy to hit value, which is you know, the best armor in the game. Yes. Okay. Speaking of best stuff, uh elite rifle divisions. So they get another extra rule. So they can night fight the same as the uh stuff trooper, which is good. Night attack. Yep. So you can come screaming over at dawn and bayonet people viciously with your rifle company. <laughs> uh, which is basically the same formation as the regular rifle company, but it just gets that extra boost in terms of its veterancy. They do Still not like it. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, I was going to say, which also in turn boosts their assault value to two plus. Correct. Oh, my God. They do not like it up them. No. <laughs> These guys are going to get in someone's face, and they're going to keep hurting them. They're going to ruin your day. Yep. Well, if you've got your HQ anywhere near them, they're kind of attacking on a three plus. So once they actually get into an assault, if you let them get into an assault, they are going to murder someone. <laughs> You're just going to have to outkill them at that point. There's no, I can't see them running away on a three up with a reroll very often. Yeah. And yeah every fan hitting you on. Well, and it, yeah, but every hit that they're doing is hitting on a two plus. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> oh that's my pretty God. savage. 
they are, they are they obviously pay through the uh, nose for that a bit. They were fifteen points at full strength, but you know it's only four points more than standard platoon. It's not. Yeah. It's not breaking the bank, but I, I don't know. Is it worth it? Do you think it's worth um, four points for an extra point to hit in close combat? Plus the night attack is a huge thing. I think um, plus the fact you're a veteran as well, which means you could do blitzes and that kind of thing are slightly better. Okay. Oh, that's true. I yeah. think I think I, I think it stacks up pretty quickly. All those things combined. Yeah, I think for looking at it, four points is a lot. But actually, when when you talk it through it like that, you yeah, I I don't think I'd appreciate what it actually gives you. But, um, yeah, that's that's pretty tasty actually. I think the only downside is that you're then obviously paying for that um, premium for their support units as well. So you like your machine gun team suddenly go to 14 points, so they're an extra point each. Yeah. Um, and the trench mortar is like six points at that point, which is actually it's only one point more. But then you say it's still a stand that dies on, you know, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same amount of survivability as the other one. Yes. And the skill doesn't do anything for it. No. At, least, at least machine guns might blitz occasionally. It gets full of them. Well, you're only, what are you blitzing your machine guns for? To get closer. Close you a 24-inch ranger on a 48-inch board. <laughs> <laughs> it might come up. You that can fix bayonets. Get me closer. I want to hit them with my tripod. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not 4+. plus. It might, it, it might come up. It might come it up. Um, and then after the elites, you get the the Dominion forces, so the Anzacs and Canadians. So um, their special rules are they've got trench fighter again, as like, like the British have. They've got night attack. Um, they've got assault divisions. So, well, what does what Reed does is change the three plus British bulldog for um, a three plus rally value. That's right. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's which do we fancy? Do you want to build a counter-attack or do you want to be able to actually unpin to assault in the first place? Yeah. Exactly. But it gives you that variety, I think, again. And it's all built into the... Again, we were looking at enhanced ratings across everything, so it's easy to to remember um, a lot of the time. They also get access to the Canadian auto, armoured auto car. Toot, Which I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure of how many of these things existed. But um, they're in there. One, one is enough, remember. Uh, yeah. The fact, the fact you can take it and replace it with, with a two-gun Vickers machine gun battery at yeah. start the game is kind of handy, but you're paying a lot for You're paying about twice as much as you would do. I don't know, that's not true, sorry. You're, you're paying about the same as you would for a four-gun for a four gun battery. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, kind of, it's kind of cool. But... It's a spooky little thing to have in there. I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's got the cartwheels, which makes me happy. It has, <laughs> and you can go. Pur, pur. Pop, pop. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pop, pop. <laughs> so, uh, interestingly, as well, these guys are the same price as the elite um, rifle division. So it very, uh, it is very much what's your flavour of choice. These do have um, spearhead though. The other ones didn't. They do, but the other ones had British bulldog, and these have just got the rally. The, you know, swings and roundabouts. Have these got the spearhead? They do. Anzac or Canadian platoon spearhead with the two plus in assault. Ooh. Okay. That's not correct. No, I didn't notice that either. So night attack and spearhead. Ooh. Okay. I didn't see that because it wasn't listed on the special rules. It's actually just on the um, the Union. Yeah, it's just on the the Union. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, elite oh. to check him. The elites don't have that, so it is, yeah. <laughs> the rifle platoon are the base of the company's combat power. They use the Lewis machine gun to pin down the Hun as they close in and apply rule decimal, rule point three oh three to their foe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Have at you. Do you reckon somebody, someone's going, what's rule point three oh three? Yeah, probably. Well, they're trying to Google it as an error code. <laughs> I've got a 303 error. What does that mean? I've just Your been shot. Exist. <laughs> um, so that's a. I mean, there's not a lot else you can really say about. No. They're the same sort of platoons again. They're the same machine gun platoons. So, Interesting. Well, Very gone. Say on a positive note for that. Apart from the armored auto car, you buy yep. a rifle platoon and you have three very different lists to choose from. Yes, absolutely. All with exactly the same kit. Yep, same formation. Same formation, yeah. Same core units. It's that, very easy to mix and match with the British. Pretty cool. And in fact, if you buy a, uh, if you do go for a cavalry force after that, you've obviously got, then got the dismounted figures for the, when you dismount your cavalry. So, they'll yeah. I think pound for pound, it's good. Yeah, you can, you can play all of the lists with with the same the same, same basic figures. Um, armored auto cars. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not blown away by these guys. I know that they're twenty points for two. I know they're armored, but they're armored so zero. Cool. It all uh, like wacky races. Had a Barbera kind of way. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I just. Look, I don't know. I'm a bit torn on them. I just don't know what they give you over uh, this sort of basic armor car, or even a whip it. Uh, rate of fire twelve halted. Yeah, but if you're halt, if you're halting them, what's the? I suppose. I just, you are immune to assaults. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be your armor zero no one needs to assault you you can actually just shoot them to death yeah but at that point you've got a two up save mm. Mm. Uh, mm. All right. cool I mean they are they do look very cool they are but they're, they're, they're also 20 points so they see me rolling <laughs> that's a hell of a drive by isn't it as well <laughs> two, <laughs> two vickers HMGs Oh, you should mount them sideways, Eddie, so they're holding the guns to the side like gangsters. Was it, was it manslaughter <laughs> or attempted murder? We don't quite know. <laughs> <laughs> the shops disappeared. Collateral damage. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you've just got the uh, trench mortars, which are the yeah, trench mortars. And now, Eddie? No, 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 no. I know what the armoured cars are for. What? For when your opponent completely messes up their reserves and you dominate the board, you just drive these across and sit there looking at where he's going to cover the board from. <laughs> oh, no. Well, not the, was it the reverse breakthrough, you know, where everyone used to play, it just surround the deployment zone. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> would be so hard. to be trying not to roll his reserve dice. <laughs> now, I've got these 24 dice. Yep. I hit on threes. Um... The final section for the British. Cavalry. Horses. Lots of horses. Four troops you can have. Donkey wow. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting, actually, because they, they've got the cavalry machine gun section. 
but then they've got just elite division trench mortars. So it look, you know, it's a nice little mix and match there as well. You can actually include some trench mortars if you need to. Yeah. Um, the cavalry themselves don't have any additional special rules. No, they're just they are expensive. They are. I think, I think that's universally the thing that I keep that keeps jumping out at me whenever we uh, I've been through this book is that stuff's not as cheap as you think it it could be. And I mean, for was it nine stands for seventeen points, and they're big yeah. stands. Well, it talks about your horses. That's no bad thing. <laughs> Let's <laughs> uh, horses to play. Yay! Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think, Eddie? I really want to like them, but I'm just trying to see if the cavalry do get something in their special movement step. Like if there's something we're missing, because it does say cavalry unit. Yep. But. Not... They get a better blitz. They so do. Cavalry two plus. But I'm not entirely sure what that gives you in this particular game when you're slow firing. The other thing is, once you do get off your horses, that's it as well. There's no remount. Yeah, that, that's that's the same as it has been for a couple of versions. Yeah. Um, and often it's a case of the irony is you want to get off your horses as soon as well. Previous previous things with motorcycle troops and cavalry troops, it was get off yep. the horses as soon as possible. Yep. Get there, <laughs> jump off. Hoof it, jump off. I think that's probably going to be true still. Um, yeah, which is, seems like a counterpoint to having all of that time and effort invested in the the, the, the mounted models. Um, yeah, but you can just mark them. Otherwise, mark them as dismounted. It's just a larger base. Because I don't know, you like your painted horsey figures being on the table lots. You do. For me, I just keep them on the horses. That's <laughs> what I mean. Rather lose the game and drive them around, ride them around. Oh, I see. <laughs> then, then... <laughs> What's this tactics you speak of? Um. Yeah, and then they get their own machine gun section, which is just interestingly just two machine guns. You don't get any choice. Have one or more. They're just machine guns again. Yeah, it literally is just the blitz value. Yep. But I suppose you don't lose that once you've dismounted. You do, because you're not a cavalry unit anymore. You've got a separate profile for dismounted cavalry. Oh, I say that. No, but it doesn't replace, that doesn't replace the box. Oh, that... Uh, you become oh. weapons, SMLE, and MG teams, but you don't get a separate motivation. Hmm. At Phil Yates. Was oh, it intended? Yeah. I've broken it. I've broken the game already. <laughs> I don't think it matters that much. I I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know which way I'd rule that. Actually, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I think you're right because I think I think not keeping the blitz would then make the horses completely superfluous. <laughs> because if you didn't need the horses for the blitz to move then you could you'd be actually more effective running around yes maybe some coconuts can impression the horse <laughs> yeah. actually well yeah because you just wouldn't have a cross check I suppose no you wouldn't have a cross check either because you'd be dismounted you all take yeah yeah but you've got the same profile shooting from horseback as you would running around 
Hmm. I think that's one to ponder. Yeah. We shall see. And while you ponder that, we can look at the Austin armored car. I really like these. Pop, pop. These are proper pop, pop. Take your take your auto cars. Take them back to Canada. These Toby are where you want them. Driving around with his pop, pop. Yeah, look at that. Look at that beauty. It's got two machine gun turrets. It has. It's got cartwheels. It's got it the full potato. Full and it's very, very cheap. I think these are really cheap. 3.0. Really like wow. Yeah. They are hit on a 3 plus. Yeah, but the. Oh, wait, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, no. It's got the same cross value, 5 up. Yeah, the same as the auto cars. They are, yeah. They've got much less of a rate of fire. And range. But... They're only range 16. And range, because, yeah, they're yeah, not MGs. They're just MGs. No. But I think they're great. I really like them. Um, they're a nice addition. They weren't in the previous edition. There was no armor cars at all. Yeah. And I think these really add something. Um, you know, you don't want to go anywhere near any kind of terrain. No. <laughs> um, and I'm just waiting for the first person to try and drive them down a trench line. But, <laughs> but, but other than that, uh, I really like them. I think they're great looking. I think they'll add something to your force. They give you that mobile firepower that I think most armies going to be lacking. Yeah. Um, you know, armor zero is not really much of a problem. And then this, uh, this I found quite um, quite unique as well. That you get for the tanks in the British support option. You've obviously got the Mark Fours and Mark Fives and stuff, but they come in usually either green or veteran. And there's quite a points break. Yeah. Now, I mm, same hit on value. Yeah, this is all, what all I was it, struggling all with. All the changes is literally the veterancy. You pay, it seems like you're paying a lot of points just to get that extra. I think there's a typo. Yeah, I'm seeing exactly the same stat box for on each the, one. On the Mark IV female. I look at yeah. the male. Uh, yeah, it seems uh, like a typo because like I say the, the, the male has got the males, yeah. stats. So I'm, that's, I mean, four points. Or, or in this case, what, six points for veterancy in the Mark IV. Yeah. Right. But that's your assault value. That's your blitz move. That's your shoot and scoot move, potentially. Mm -hmm. Shoot and scoot and a moth. Jesus. Can you imagine? Well, it means that you can sit there, shoot your full rate of fire without worrying about failing the test. If they, So if you're in range, you can sit, shoot your full rate of fire, and then trundle four inches forward. Uh, yeah, only if you roll a four plus. Oh, it's a tactics! tactics. Yeah, yeah, tactics okay. are different. Yeah, but you get so you, yeah, you improve your skill and your tactics. But what I'm saying is, you know, is that six you, points though? Is it? I'm struggling to see a case where a veteran one is six points better in that case than a green one. Oh, um, damage points or a skill check. Ah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Prepare them. Yeah. You take a skill test for every damage point you have at the start in the starting step. And for every success, you remove a damage point. So removing damage points on a 3+. plus. Ho, yes, mm. please. That's why, oh, that's why they've split the, oh, okay. the tactics. Okay. All right. 
I'm still struggling. You are fixing yourself a lot better. I will. I will allow. Do you know what? Crosscheck almost as if they were designed for this exact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knew? Who knew? And it gets even better with the, the Mark V. Mark V's are really tasty because they're reliable at this point. They, they get oh. A, oh, God. Yeah, they get to blitz on a 3 plus. Oh. Oh. Oh, dear. Yep. Yeah, otherwise they are very, basically the same. But, the, yeah. the, they are basically the same. It's just I, oh, I like the, the idea. Hermaphrodite option as well. Yeah, the hermaphrodite's a really interesting one because it's it's only a point cheaper than having obviously the um, the QRF on both sides, but you're not getting a tremendous points break. But it's just yeah. somehow cooler. Yeah, it's extra machine gun shots in this bait. Mm. Yeah. Why can't I see that? Where is it gone? Uh, oh. Page hundred twenty nine. Yeah, I've had to open a new browser. There we go at the bottom, and it has passengers. Oh yeah, they're um yeah. The, the Most of the big ones. Five do. star, yeah. Yeah. So you got a five, and you've got the five star. And the, oh, the five I star see. Yeah, there's yeah. a version of each. Sorry, yeah. So they have they have six pounder guns on one side. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just two lots of machine guns on the other one. Oh, a six-pounder and a machine gun on one side. Yes. Yeah. And then two machine guns on the other side. Correct. 24 points for a veteran. Holy moly. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to take a tank, it's probably likely to be a tank. Yeah. Of those of the sort of land battleship class, just because they're, they're quite expensive. But again, it's just one model. If you want to mix it up, you can... Pick one model and you've got they, a totally different. Are they sold in singles now? I know in the first release they were done as a pair box. I, I don't know at the moment. I don't know what the release will be look be like. I would go to the Great War sale. So I'll go down to catalog pages and see what it says. Yes. Do, do, do. Live googling. Do ba do ba do. Stay tuned for messages from this great. Yeah, it's fine. We can edit all this. It's fine. Later, later on, Eddie spends all of his money on Great War. Yeah, so... Here go. so Here's a question. Why are you doing that? Yeah. So the Mark V Star and the Mark V, both in veteran, both male, are the same points. Right. What's the downside? I've had to go... The, you've stopped. You've distracted my Googling now. Right. The Mark thanks, five, singly. The Mark V male. Yep. The Mark V... Male, uh, sorry, five star male. I oh, have 25 points. So you don't get a better blitz, you don't get the better blitz on the Mark V star, but you get to transport three people. Uh, so veteran, three, confident, self defense MGs, counter attack. Oh my god, what? Three up. Ugh. So that's the same of both. Same armor. Same move and cross check. Same gun. Rate fire two, 24, 6, yep. 4 up. Rate fire 2, 24, 6, 4 up. Uh, mobile Fortress, Passenger 3, Tank Weapons, Landship, Tank Unit. Tank Weapons, Landship. I could only see that you exchange a slightly better Blitz move. For, yeah. For the capacity of having three passengers. Now, uh, what... Right, but I don't, oh. how do you get three passengers? 
that's my point. That was the question I was going to ask as well. I don't know what three stands you're you're transporting in a a tank. I presume this is very much like when you're doing um, Afghanistan Team Yankee, where you can split up a tune amongst a number of independent tanks. But you'd need four five stars to transport a normal size platoon of 11 stands well so get four or five stars it's not <laughs> just, are you just saying play points. more than 100 points exactly yeah I mean, that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably something that's going to come up is when you're playing a very large game with you, don't have, you, could put... you don't have to remain in command right I mean you can just put your commander and two guys with him yeah or just trundle them up in the yeah just walk them behind oh that would look cool oh and yeah. Let them get machine gunned. The commander goes out and goes, forward, boys. And the boys yeah. go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I've distracted you. Back to the uh, live Googling. No, I'm still going on. Now I'm looking at um, marine transports. Oh, God. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I can carry transports. Chicken, it's not changed because we've assumed it's all the same. Okay. Passengers in transports. Doesn't say anything about getting the whole platoon in. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah. I, I still think it's very much like the old. Um, that would make sense. Afghanistan example is just like, yeah, you get guys in. They don't necessarily have to be in the same split. <sighs> I went to the web store instead of the Great Wall web store, of course, being a different website. Uh, right. Well, I scrolled to catalog the tanks. the tanks do come singly. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So you can, yeah, mix and match them up as, as as you see fit. So going back to your thing about you get the the basic infantry and they they cover a lot of bases, then you can customize quite easily in terms of your armored assets. Yeah. And the final armored asset is probably my favorite, which is the Mark A Whippet. Bit real good. I love these. I think they look awesome. They are pretty much. Let's make the smallest tank we can. Stick as many machine guns on it as we can, and then just yep. drive at them. Yeah. Was, didn't a whippet get stuck behind enemy lines for like a week or something silly? <laughs> this is like working its way around. Yeah. They just look so cool. It's not massively faster than the actual tank. I know it's maybe an expectation time, but it's not massively faster than... Oh, I don't know, eight miles an hour. Eight miles an hour. <laughs> it's, it's, it's eight inches versus six inches. Um, it has got six machine guns. You know, six puts out six machine gun shots. Yeah. It's still an armor one box. The important thing about that is it's not fronted. Correct. So yeah. with, with the update to version four, all... Um, fronted weapons or, or side weapon, you know, side mounted, front mounted weapons can only shoot at teams completely within their arc of fire. Yes. So at that point it gets quite easy with the extra mobility and movement to get out of that arc of fire for an assault. Yeah. Whereas the whippet doesn't have a fronting, it just shoots all the way around it in a big circle of death. Yeah. And it's pretty reasonably priced, I think, for nine points. Yeah, that is pretty good. It's gonna, it's gonna give you your opponent something to think about. With its impenetrable front armor of one. One, right. one's decent because it means your own your rifle tank can only bail. Exactly. It's what you need. That's the same as tank all the tanks. Want. All the tanks are only armor one. No, they're two. Some of them are two on the front. Some of them are completely oblivious. If you only, look at the the, only, the, only the seven so far. All the British ones are armor one everywhere. No, that's not my fault. That's not superior. my fault. They need superior German technology. Might only been three of them, but. 
they were very good. <laughs> I think it's, no, it's more than that. It's like 27 or something, but not many. Um, and right. to round out the British list, you get the field guns, which are the uh, QRF 18-pounders. Now, this is slightly strange in that you can buy them either as individual guns or you can buy them as batteries. Okay. So you can buy them as individual guns, either green and veteran, or yeah. batteries green and veteran. Now this is this is where it starts getting a bit pricey because they're the full. They're no longer eight gun batteries at this point. They're six gun, no four gun batteries. They're six gun batteries. So they're big gun batteries. But you can buy half batteries for twenty five points, I think, for the green ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I th- I think is pretty reasonable for a three gun barrage. Because well, three it's, gun... it's also cheaper than buying three individual. Oh, no, no sorry, all that. I'm looking no. at yeah, three individual. Uh, uh, yeah, individual. It's... Oh no, wait, no, no, it's wait, no, no, no. Individual green ones are nine points each. The battery is twenty-five points, so you get a two-point discount for buying three guns in a battery. Yes, yeah. But you have got they are a battery then at that point, so you can kill. You know, two of them. The other one runs them. off. They've got command stand to worry about being in command of. Blah 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 blah. But I think three three's the magic number, isn't it, for artillery? Three's when you don't have to start rerolling hits, so you know, and they've got was it eighty eight? So yeah. yeah. No save for you. Yeah, Mr. A- <laughs> I'm gonna smash this into you and you're gonna fall over. Unless you're at range, in which case you'll roll a six and then I'll fail firepower mm. and just look sheepish. <laughs> but uh, again, I'm uh, the green versus veteran. <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily see a, a great advantage there. It really only changes that skill level, and you do pay a lot of points for it. I've just realised. I've I've gone down onto the sniper. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I've realised why they have a two plus tactics role. Shoot and scoop. Yeah, or to blitz, blitz. away, yeah. so they can then dash as you chase after them across the board. Because <laughs> they only have a dash move. Uh, yeah. so they can blitz outside of four outside of eight and then run away and then hoof it uh, and that's pretty much the Brits isn't it yeah just obviously the HMG nests and pillboxes yeah and then it is on to uh, the people whose, whose country's being uh, divided yeah. in half so what so going back to our question oh, what British yeah. what, what British army would you do I think to my mind, what I'd go for is for line. The standard Oops. line. Standard yep. line. Why? No, why? I can get more, t- more tanks that way. More points. <laughs> points. If I'm going to do this, it's all about the RTR. I'm going to have more tanks. <laughs> more tanks than your opponent. And I think I think what we just discussed as well, the line unit, it's not just the line unit. It's, it's, it's still very shabby. capable. Yeah, it's not a shabby thing. It will back up those tanks and take up the, tre- the trenches when you get to them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I mean, I I would do the Canadians purely because uh, when I was a kid, I went to Vimy Ridge on a field trip. So that's when that's where the Canadians were and and seeing those trenches in real life. And, you know, I think at one point we got into the the Canadian trench and ran uh, up to the German trench. And then someone stood in the German trench. You could sort of wave at each other and have a conversation. They were that close. It was was very unsettling. Um horses <laughs> <laughs> so why, why are we asking Eddie oh, I, you know I 
having looked at them, I haven't actually looked at the normal infantry lists, and they are pretty tasty. I'm not going to lie. The idea of just, you know, Tommy with his bayonet charge with a couple of tanks behind him, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, but ponies. I just, I, I don't know how I'd make them work because they are so expensive. Um, I think you, you've got to be super... They, they, they're designed to be aggressive. I think you've got to be aggressive with them. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, you've got to build an army that's going to deliver that maximum. I suppose the other thing is that they're so fast, you can get everything into a very uh, tight area very quickly. They do have a cross-country dash of 20 inches. Yeah. So they are going to get where they need to get. And then just jump off. And then jump off and then smash a part of the line. So this does pose an interesting question. A 20-inch dash move, right? If yep. you're in terrain... You declare the moving the team, and then you roll the cross check, right? So you go this this team's going to move, try to move to here, and roll a cross check. And if it fails, it doesn't move. The point being, if you're playing in the cratered terrain where everywhere's a cross check, yeah, could you end up successfully moving your leader twenty inches down the road, and then the rest of his platoon just stops? <laughs> If you're very unlucky, yes. <laughs> or worse still, if you're trying to actually get them through, um, I don't know, a gap between two forests. Oh, no. And you just block yourself off. Have it's we not... still got the crosshair rule? I believe so. I believe all the normal orders are... You've got blitz, shoot and scoot, dig in, follow me and crosshair. Okay, cool. So I could cross here, then it'll be an automatic pass. <laughs> Good. Uh, Rather than get my ponies stuck in the mud. Oh, <laughs> uh, not Shetland ponies. Warhorse, man, you know. Oh, that's a bit sad. Okay. Okay, French. French, French, French. <laughs> oh, I love the French. I just like the, the, the camo and everything. They look so cool. They do. The little helmets. The crazy so, Art Deco style tanks. Exactly. So again, you've got four formations you can choose from. Well, technically five, but we'll yeah. cover that off. Um, so you've got the Fusiliers. Before you get Fus carried away, though, I think we yeah. have skipped the French special rules. I oh, did have not realise they were led by Gandalf. Oh, they shall not pass. You're right. <laughs> so, um, they get better counterattack for they shall not pass. Uh, trench fighters, they get a better assault uh, rating. That's not all of them, but some of them do. And quick fire. So, quick fire is probably worth just spending a moment on. Uh, basically, it means that your artillery bombardment, when you count the number of weapons for quick fire, you you um you count them as being the next tier up. So if you've got two weapons, you count as being a full uh, battery. Mm -hmm. And for one weapon, you only count as being two, et cetera, et cetera. So actually a one-gun barrage is not as bad as it seems. Yes. Um, that's because the French 75mm gun was so well-designed that people thought they were uh, belt-fed. Yes. Um, they had a horrific reputation. It's probably and... the best medium artillery piece. Yes. And it also uh, is a pretty good cocktail drink. 
What's that? <laughs> the 75mm. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's the um, French 75s. It's, uh, it's uh, what is it? Gin. Um, oh, I can't remember now. Gin, lemon, lots of sugar, and cut with something else. Oh, I got to giggle it now. I've forgotten. Right, while you do that, shall I go over the infantry formations? You should do, yeah. Okay. Dad, you're keeping on target. (laughs) So you've got Company de Fusilieri, uh, Fusiliers, sorry, which are um, your standard line troops. Fusilieri's Rus, which are Russians. Uh, Squadron de Cavalry, which is a cavalry option. The Trailiers, which are your light infantry. Mm -hmm. And then your Harlem Hellfighters Rifle Company. Ooh, yeah. Hoorah. Oh, of course. Sorry. Champagne. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's a gin and champagne mix with a bit of lemon and a lot of sugar. Um, And it goes down delightfully well. Far too well to the point where um, I might make those. If I ever do play the French, I'll uh, I'll make lots of those for my opponent so I can actually win some games. (laughs) What a treat. (laughs) Who I don't think they'll care if they've had a couple of those and they lose the game. No. <laughs> Show me on the dole where the bad Eddie touched you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so probably the most standout thing, I think, of the if we go on to the company, the Fusilier, which is the standard line company, the first thing to know is on the Force Org chart, you have eight infantry slots. Oh, That's wow. right, Eddie. Eight. And these are... So these are the... The Metropolitan Troops. Yes, yeah, so me- Metropolitan Troops are, if you like, the French mainland troops. Oh, uh, okay. So um, these were the guys that have been fighting probably since 1914. Um, okay. Even though the French had some morale issues, shall we say, in 1917, um, they, you know, they, they were still just about in the fight at this point. Um but they are huge. The infantry company is huge. If you look as well, you've got um, four slots for mortars and two slots for machine guns. Yeah. So you can have, what's that, a 14-strong formation. Oh, my gosh. And these are the guys in the blue uniforms. These are the guys that are just getting, yes, in the blues. Um, they are, as well, reluctant veteran. Oh, yes. Oh, so these two-plus yeah. French fighters again. So you tri- two plus, but look at the your reluctancy, and because they shall not pass, the counterattacks four plus. Oh, against, so I, yeah, I think these stands? are good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So you start your basic metropolitan fusilier section yeah. is nine stand strong for eleven points, which oh is five god. rifles, two rifle grenades, and two MG. So it's very very similar to the British. You can then yeah. add a flamethrower. Yeah. A 37mm gun, <laughs> if you want. Just because, um, you know. Yeah, if you want to put some more points into them. But I think that combination, these guys are... They've been on the defensive pretty much since, what, 1915? Yeah. So, oh, not on the defensive, but, you know, they have been... In it. In it, and, you know, in some of these hor- horrific attrition battles. But, I mean... That assault two plus with a counterattack of four plus, but only paying for the you know essentially being reluctant veterans. You're gonna have to dig them out. Yeah, you really are. I mean, they're gonna hurt you in an assault, aren't they? If you've got to take a trench line from them, they are. 
It's one of those things where you, you kind of like, if you close for the assault, you've got to be careful they don't just run at you. Yeah. And I, think, <laughs> I, think I, I think I did the mass. Uh, so if you want rifle teams rather than pistol teams for your commander, because yes, you can take a pistol armed officer yes. uh, for one point. Uh, that clocks in. You can take all eight sections plus the commander and still have 10 points left over in a 100-point game. Oh, my God. So you can get a bonkers amount of infantry. Uh, I don't think they're going to break. You won't get the company break on that lot. No, and they just it's just going to be wading through men. Um, to be fair, if you, if you have the patience to paint that many stands, I think you deserve to win. Well, it's, that's quite an intimidating force, I think. I think if someone put that down in front of me, you're just looking at it going, how am I going to take this apart? Yeah. Um, Thank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it's down to in the end. You, I don't think you want to do that, but you certainly can. Um, you, yeah. You've got the MGs again, which are the same as everyone else's. They're reasonably pointed, I think. Yeah. And then you've got the Stokes and the 57 mil, uh, sorry, 58 millimeter Type 2 mortars. So there's a bit of variety in there. The 76 mil Stokes is slightly cheaper. Yes. Um, but it's got less range. And one less firepower. And one less firepower. I think you're probably better off point, paying the point. Yeah, probably. They look good, though. I mean, look at that. If you look at that trench mortar, look <laughs> at the 57. It looks like it's sort of someone's got a, bot, a bottle of lemonade and stuck it on a... Mini bottle like, rocket type thing. Exactly, yeah. It looks it's, really it's cool. It's pumping up the, 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 can of, the bottle of uh, Coke. Yeah. The, oh, the, the Mentos <laughs> Coke yeah, bottle the rocket. Coke. <laughs> of high explosive. Yes. Um. That's, that's the basic troops. Then if you look at the next one, which is the Tyrelliers, which is the light infantry, again, their force organisation chart is oh, the same. Massive. They're massive companies. Um, now, these guys are slightly better because they're fearless veterans. I'd say slightly better. I mean, that doesn't get much what? better. But, uh, I know, these are the, your um, your Zouaves, your Tyrelliers, your Legion d'Etrange, uh, and Legion yeah. d'Afrique. So they're all the colonial troops. So I they're mean, Moroccans, and I mean, at least they're you know, at least they they might not counterattack with their two plus. You they are. One. They are going to hurt someone. Oh my god! They really are. Now these guys are in not in the blue, so they are in uh, the kind of olive just, drab. Olive drab, yeah. So these are much more um, keeping, I think, in in terms of the aesthetic of what you imagine Great War to be, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, the formation's still the same. Still nine stands strong for 16 points. You can have flamethrowers and anti-tank guns integral to the unit. And like you said, they're going to... I don't know how you shift them. I think you just got to chew them up, like gradually. Oh, yeah, you? I don't think you do. Two-plus counter-attack, yeah. two-plus in assault to hit. You don't really want to assault them, I don't think. No, I mean, but they're hit on fours. Yeah, they're sixteen points. They're not. Yeah. They're not cheap, but they are. The platoons. They can have yeah multiple platoons. So you might even be worth taking the smaller platoons. At this. Oh no, you can't. There's no small. Can't. Platoons, it's just right? the one. Yeah, it's size. just one size. You don't get the huge mob. Yeah, and I think if you do take these, then the problem you've got is that the knock-on effect is that your integral support becomes quite expensive yeah, as well. Yeah, so your company becomes quite fragile. Like you're a hard nut to crack, but you don't have to lose many. No, okay. and you won't have as many trench mortars. You won't have as many machine guns because they're expensive assets at that point. Yeah. Um, the cavalry squadron for the French. Yeah, look at these, Eddie. This oh, is what you want. Oh, dude, look at this. 
Yeah. So you get four cavalry platoons in the formation. Uh, you get a machine gun platoon and then two armor car slots integral to your formation. Uh, there's a reason I haven't looked very closely at these guys. I'm not going to lie. Is it because you want them? It's because there's so many stands. Uh, Nine yeah, stands of horses <laughs> per platoon. Yeah, they are. That's a lot of horses yeah. to paint. That's <laughs> a lot of horses to paint. And then the, the associated infantry as well, once they dismount. Just, just never dismount. Just keep on your horse. Yeah. <laughs> they're really place. good, Eddie. But they're really good, look. look. They are pretty. Two plus. The core models... I mean, okay, here's the thing, right? This is how shallow it comes down. The, the pictures of the core models, only the officers are waving their swords. However, for the British, they're all carrying their sabres. Um, okay. It's all about the sword waving. Uh, is it not all about the fact that you've got an MG light machine gun unit in the cavalry platoon? Yeah, but it's a shell shot. They're, they're rubbish. Well, but it's quite cool. Fire, come on, firing from horseback on a light machine <laughs> like, gun. Maybe you can fire a shot from a horse. Should you take that horse's spine or something? <laughs> I sent you a link of, the, of uh, Forgotten Weapons where they're testing the light machine guns. And, and you tell me if you want to fire a shell shot from a horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing's like two metres long. Be intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they're, they're probably, for me, the, the better of the... Is there three? Or is there two? I can't remember now. Cavalry. I think this is only two cavalry. I think you can only get them in the British and French. Yeah. Um, but I have just seen those armoured cars. Yeah, the armoured cars are awesome, and they're inclusive in the in your slots. I think you probably only take one because they're eleven points each. You take two. <laughs> um, well, you take one of it. You know, one oh, in two, each of those yeah, slots. Two for two, yeah. of a single one. Yes. Yeah, but they're really, really good. Mm. I mean, they're lovely. They've got a little gun in them, oh my just God, in case you need thirty-seven mil. Yeah. Power. Four plus any tank, so you you can you can duel it out with uh eighty <laughs> sevens. <laughs> yeah, but um, that machine gun's really handy, and the fact that it's part of your core platoons as well means that nice. you know it's really handy. And then you've got the Hotchkiss machine guns if you want them as well. So those are the kind of standard, if you like, formations. Then we've got two. I can't put it another way. Wacky formations in the. <laughs> In the um, the list, the first one's the uh, Legion Russe. So the company that fuses is Russe. Um, France and Russia had a quite unquote special relationship up until the First World War, and apparently I didn't know this that nearly three hundred thousand uh, Russians were committed to defending Ru uh, France. Now they didn't get anywhere near that many. I think there's some. I think in the book itself it mentions about five brigades or six brigades. Yeah. So these are essentially French. Uh, sorry, so Russian soldiers uh, fighting on French soil. Oh, they're sort of trained and equipped by French as well. So yeah, it's it's quite an intriguing. I didn't know anything about them, but again, it goes back to just the little quirky things that slide into flames. And I I, I think it's a nice flavor unit. Now they get um, trench fighters like the, the French do, but they also get an a special called attack at all costs. Um, which is really cool. It's um, if you get pinned by defensive fire, or forced to fall back, sorry, from defensive fire. Yeah. You can take an immediate uh, morale tick. What? If you pass, you yeah. charge again. Oh, it's the Japanese rules. Oh God. But yes. you get another round of defensive fire. Yeah. Oh. So you can get these rations just going, whatever. Whatever. 
and yeah. they hit on a three plus. Yep, but there's tons of them again because you've got eight slots for infantry, you've got the four slots for mortars, and you've got two slots for machine guns. Yeah. So you get the full Monty, and there are only 12 points a unit. Monty. They are fearless trained. Oh. But they are aggressive. Yeah, it's a very aggressive. I, I like that one. That's, that's got my attention. What, the fearless trained? Well, fearless trained, but hitting on, you know, hitting on freeze and assault. Trench fire. Yeah. And, and really be able to get put that assault in if you have to. Yeah, they they're gonna and they're only twelve points for the basic unit of nine. Yeah, you can add a flamethrower for only two points, which is cheaper than most of the others. Most of the others are three. True. And you can have a thirty-seven mil again if you want them to. So you could for fourteen points have a ten stand fusillery with a flame. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Yep, it's it's crazy. I mean, I really like them. I think they're they're a solid solid unit. You know. I think they're going to be something interesting. They're going to be blue. So again, you can swap in your if you've got your metropolitan yeah. infantry, you can swap them out. Yeah, gives you a slightly different force. Um, aside from that, all their supports the same. And then final selection, you've got another the other quirky rifle companies, the Har- Hel- Harlem Hellfighters. So they've got uh, they're American back troops fighting in France. Right. So yeah, that whole wonderful American segregation thing they kept persisting with. Yeah, worked so well for them. Yeah. Uh, so they they weren't integrated into the American army, but they were into the French army. And the, the French seemed to have welcomed them with open arms. They were much more um, used to, I guess, fighting with what they would deem colonial troops. Well, yeah, they think about Senegalese and that kind of thing they have there. But, uh, but exactly. it's just like, we are desperate for manpower, seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've literally been bled white. Yeah. If you guys are too, too, too stupid not to use them, fight, we, we, yes, we'll take them. We'll take them. <laughs> so, yeah, these, they're from uh, New York. Yeah. Definitely we'll take them. They, they were, <laughs> yeah, from Harlem. Um, so, yeah, they they, uh, they get the same special rules as the French, um, but they also get men of bronze, which means they get a better last stand rating. That's... Which is all right. I'm, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're down to that stage, I think it's it's one of those things. I mean, they get a two plus last stand basically. You're gonna have to wipe out every unit to a man almost. Oh it's my gonna gosh. make for a very good defensive force. I mean, it if really you can't attack the two plus, I'm gonna last stand the two plus. You're literally gonna have to kill all of us to get this land. Yeah, and they are um, again, they're fearless trained and a, a aggressive stance, so they hit on threes. <gasps> they counter attack on a two plus. Counter attack on a two plus, last stand on a two plus. And they're still and here on a three plus. They're, they're, that's going to be the, the one where you win the mission just with the one stand left. Yeah. <laughs> Cleared all the bodies, passes its last stand to catch the objective that turn. Yeah, hey, another four free victory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> screaming, come at me. Come at me. I'll take you all. Um, I think they're good. Again, you've got options for flamethrowers and the anti guns if you want them, but I think 13 points for the standard unit. Again, being in brown, it's, if you've got an army, you've just done up as the Tyrolese, and it's a nice way of doing an alternative to play exactly. around. Yeah, from a painting standpoint, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the same support as the normal, star, the normal French. Um, so we're on to the French support with their absolutely awesome camo to tanks. Yeah, but the camouflage is definitely the best thing about French tanks, because there's very little else to go <laughs> There's very little else going for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first you've got is the Schneider, which is 
fine. It's just what is a land ship ish. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty it's cheap. Just, for 13 it's just, points, it's just but... yeah, it was, it's, cause it's cheap because it's very underarmed compared to you. I mean, it's got it's got a 75 millimeter, which is quite handy for the high firepower. But uh... yeah, but it's only 85 as well. It's a very low velocity. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, you got two machine guns, and that's your lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. Thirteen points, pretty cheap. Uh, for twenty-one, you get the Char Saint Chamon tank, which is bonkers. It looks it's, bonkers. It's, I mean, in some ways, I, I really like it. Cause it's almost like a pro, like a, a proto tank destroyer. It's like a, it's yes. like a, it's like it's like the sort of the, the Stug if like a, a five-year-old drew it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Child interpretation. And it's, it's packing the, you know, the 1897, which is never a bad thing. So it's no. an anti tank 8. So, like I say, it's very much a tank destroyer. Like it's, you know, it's, like, it's like a long barrel stug. Just, just three times the size. Yeah. yeah. The only problem is it's cross four because of that whole thing where they had, the French didn't really look at what we did and thought, you know what, let's make the track significantly shorter than the hole. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got a problem that way. <laughs> problem crossing tra- uh, trenches for sure. Yeah. Um, and I say, you know, it gets above eight inches. On, on a... No, I think I just think for twenty-one points, mm, I'm not sure. I think I'd rather, sure. I think I'd rather buy a you know, an eighteen ninety-seven than have that for the tank. And then, like I say, buy one of the one of the Schneiders just to have some mobile fire. Yeah, but, or you could go for the Renault FT seventeen. And why wouldn't you? Because they're awesome. Ooh. They are lovely. Uh, I, I really like the um, the MG arm one as well. So you get a mixed platoon yeah. in essence with yeah. um, some thirty seven mils and some M- MG armed ones, um, which means that they're quite cost effective. I think. Yeah. The same like, armour. Yeah. Thirty six points for five tanks. It's 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 pretty great. And they're still on one box, so no less yeah. armoured than any of the other tanks you're doing here. Yeah. No. Um, still the same speed. Yeah, they're not, they're not fast. They're like, only cross four, which is probably the biggest detriment you can say about them. Yeah. But they're, um, they're constantly trained, aggressive. It's cool. a good way to get some mobile firepower to have you support your guys. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the cheapest option, which is just the two, it's only 14 points. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, you know, even two of them is useful. Well, but obviously not a land, but not a land ship by any means. It is a just no. a yeah, so you're not, you're not worrying about failing cross-checks and getting damaged, but also you're not then taking the two or three hits and being able to repair stuff. Yeah. So, and this looks yeah. cool. I mean, that's another thing about FT-70. It just looks cool. Yeah, they really do. Uh, and then finally, you've got the um, the 75 mils. Again, available as either a battery or a single. A gun so good it has a cocktail named after it. So. Yeah. Oh, Eddie's, yep. And he's found the recipe. Much champagne. Much champagne gin. and gin. Oh my god, they're so good. Um, Not that I advocate alcohol consumption. I think as well that for, for these guys, with their special rule of quick firing, a two-gun battery, yeah, that's going in. I'm having two guns every time. 18 yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, why, why wouldn't you? Is that... There is, yeah, there's no reason you wouldn't. They're, they're bonkers good. And I can even see a case for a, including a single. Yeah, for once. Yeah, I mean the ability to actually bombard and also to um, to throw down. Yeah, just a couple of shots, just as a cheap AT unit, or just blasting stuff direct fire. Yeah, and then you've got the standard uh, pillboxes again, and your sniper. Yeah. So, French, what are we doing? He's taking what? 
This is probably a tricky one because I'm just looking at it. I, I, I'm kind of leaning to doing Metropolitan French slash um, Russian Legion. Yeah. Okay. But I, but I, I can't. I also kind of want, really want to do um, the Harlem Hell Harlem Hell race as well. Hellfires, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking I'm probably I, just kind of really like the power the power the blue the um, great coats. I'm probably leaning, leaning towards Russian Legion. Okay. Eddie? Uh, horses? Without cars? <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think you can make that work. I think it's, oh, yeah, it's probably more reasonable. workable than the British one is. Yeah. Regrettably. And it's, and it's quite a good weapon mix in those platoons as well compared to the Brits, which just all. Yeah. SMDs. And obviously, SMDs are fine. But then those yeah. Metropolitans, like. Or even just the the colonials, just the two and twos. The colonials are just oh, bonkers. Just dirt. I mean, that is just full potato. I mean, for me, I think I'm going for colonial stuff, just so I can use them either as the Harlem's or the um, Torellias. Purely because those Torellias, you just, I mean. I just don't know how we were just talking about the, the counter attack of a two plus with an assault of a two plus. How are you shifting them? Yes, it's a, yeah. it's a very tricky proposition. You're just going to have to grind it out with them. I think you just got to get in there and just try and roll some dice and try and kill as many as you can before they wipe you out. But how tricky. I mean, and the size of those platoons, I think, you know, there's some big companies you can build. That stuff's yes. going to be hard to crack. It's a lot of stands compared to the other lists. Okay, um, that's the French, and then we're on to the US. So the last major nation, should we say? <laughs> major belligerent. Um, so in this option, you've got the 1st Infantry Division, Big Red 1. Yep. You've got the 42nd Infantry Division, the Rainbow Division. And hoorah, 4th Marine Brigade. US Marines. US Marines. Devil dogs. They are, yeah, they are unpleasant. <laughs> So basically, the difference between the two, you've got the uh, rainbows are not as com- uh, not as well trained, I don't think. Yeah, trained aggressive. Yeah, and uh, the US are first big red ones, actually re- uh, veteran is veteran careful and yeah. are very expensive. Very expensive. So their special rules, the universal US special rules, are over here. Oh, sorry, over there, um, which gives them a better rally rating. Yeah, which is useful. They've got trench fighters like most of the other nations. So they get better assault racing and they get the quick fire off the 75 mils because a lot of equipment. Yeah. They were, they were borrowing big borrowing and stealing. Yeah. Um, like the French have got a similar formation, unsurprisingly. So, uh, the first, the 42nd infantry division, you can have eight half, well, they call them half platoons. Yeah. So you can have eight of those. They they originally, their formation was a gigantic, huge platoon. Which they then split down to more manageable half platoons, and they saw what everyone else was doing. So you got the option again for a large company with uh, mortars and machine guns again, just like the French. Um, so yeah, eleven points. What do you think for five rifles, two rifle grenades, and a two machine guns? It's hit on threes. It's got a rally. Not going to pin Yeah, fearless in terms of pinning. Mm. Veterans does it hitting things. So it's like no, it's not like it'd be like it's like British line line infantry. It's not a bad option for like, you know. But it's a, 
It doesn't leap out and scream. No. Awesome. But yeah, you're right. I think it's a steady eddy. This is, it yeah. gives you a good enough point spread to get a decent amount of stuff in the list. Yeah. The biggest problem is, that, like I say, it's 11 points. So when you look at the first uh, big red one, that's only three extra points. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, we'll skip to the big red one. I mean, you get the machine guns and mortars as standard. Um, to the Stokes mortars and the 58mm mortars mm. uh, and machine guns in that platoon. There's nothing exceptional there. So if we look at Big Red 1, Big Red 1, you, you're now getting, you're right, three more points. You've got a three-up rally rating. You've got two-up assault. <laughs> and, and you're careful. And you're hitting fours. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough sell, I think. I think with three points, it's it's a bit of a steal. Um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going first, Big Red 1, with my with the models that I've got from my start set. Yeah. Um, However, you do run out of points pretty dang quick. Yeah, you do. That. I mean, you've got eight slots to fill, or if you want to, no at 14 way. points. Yeah, no way. You're not doing it. Not once, not once you've had some, some gun support. Yeah, and I think you want some of that as well if you're assaulting. Like those 58mm Type 2 mortars we talked about before. Yeah. They're good for great, or great for knocking out pillboxes and machine gun nests and stuff. So you want some of those. There's seven points, you know, that's going to chew up pretty fast. Um, The Devil Dogs and Belly Wood. Come on, you, you want to live forever? <laughs> um, So they get some additional special rules. Uh, the US Marines get Retreat Hell. So they get a better counterattack rating. Every Marine is a rifleman, which means that uh, you can basically distribute your HMGs throughout your rifle platoons wow. from the HMG platoons, which HMG. is really good. Incredibly more survivable. Yeah, and it also means you can spread them out across the line a little bit better. Um, and then you got the most deadly weapon, which is um, the Marine Markmanship. Uh, so basically, you don't get slow firing on your Springfield rifle. Um, their feel their formation is the same as everyone else's, or the standard stuff before them. So their platoons, though, for their half platoon, are you ready for this, Eddie? Trying to fall off your seat, but there's 17 points. What? Yeah, for nine stands. What a nine stand, though. They are. Look at that stat line. <laughs> Fearless three plus rally yeah. two plus counter attack. Three plus. Yep. Although that's the same as their fearless. No, it's got, I think that's a typo. I think it should be two plus. Yeah, why, why, why spread it out? Yeah. Yeah. I think they get plus one for their special rule that it's not been incorporated. Um, oh, yeah. So at the top, at the top, in the command stand. Yeah. Fearless yeah. three plus. Ah, yeah. Over there, which is rally two plus. Retreat hell, yeah. counteract two plus. Skill yep. of veteran, but with trench fighters, that's two plus in assault. Hit yeah, on force. Yep. With three up infantry saves. Yep. Oh my gosh. And no slow firing. No slow firing. So they're going to fire on the move. Shooting the same as if you were stationary. And yep. What, and those stat lines, why aren't you advancing to shoot? <laughs> exactly. Uh, with an integral uh, HMG if you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. As you split one out, indeed. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get super expensive really quickly. Oh yeah, it was 20 points anything. if you had a flamethrower. Yeah, and it's 22 if you had an HMG. But they are going you're going to have to really work to get rid of them. Yeah. Jeez. 
<laughs> and again, the other issue is that that they suck that um, points cost through into their support platoons, which is yeah. obviously a running theme. But at least, at least then the the rally, the over there rally helps. The two plus rally. Oh, it really does. The two plus rally really helps. Also, the careful being hit on. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I'd want to take the support weapons. I think I'd rather have just enough platoon of infantry. Just try yeah. to get as many platoon of infantry well, as possible. I mean, just one Stokes Mortar to take out a bunker. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Or the 58 mil rather to take out a bunker. Yep. I don't think you need the machine guns as much because uh, you can even buy the old one into an infantry platoon if you yeah, want it. not seeing why you'd ever take the Stokes Trench Mortar over the Type 2. I think it's only if you've not got the point. That's literally it. Literally, uh, it doesn't. It's one point oh, different. What? Why is one an infantry unit heavy weapon and the other is a gun unit trench gun? Ah, so you are. Yeah, well, obviously one's just a bit more um, cumbersome. What difference does that actually make? Oh, it's your speed. It's move. Mm. I see. So if you really yeah. want to move your uh, 32-inch range mortar yeah. on a 48-inch table... Well, you might not have line of sight because of buildings and trees. And... Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> True. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Support. Um, support's is... cool. All basically, all basically French, so it's like... Um, tanks! Woo! 70s again. Yep. Still same stats as the French ones largely. Uh, yeah. confident and trained. Yep. Yeah. And same with and the artillery, which obviously is meant to being confident rather than um reluctant, but obviously only trained rather than veteran. So Oh the yeah. first infantry oh, one, yeah. sorry, first oh, infantry. Yeah. There's two points lists yeah. for the first infantry and forty second. Yep. Yeah. Does it prevent you from taking I hope it does. Singles, no. And no, that you can't take first infantry support with forty second infantry. Uh, I believe so because the actual lists. Oh, maybe. I don't think it does. Let's have a probably, it, probably, it probably doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's sensible. No, so I would, I, I would say, don't you know? Don't be one of those people. So it is a, yeah. If you're taking first infantry, if you're taking big red one, two seventy fives. Versus the 42nd to 275s. It's quite right. a bit of a difference. Yeah, but you'd do it the other way around, wouldn't you? You'd take the cheap infantry and take the better support. Would you? Do you need it? Well, if you're carrying on bombardment, yeah. Because you're ranging on your skill. Yeah, I know, but it's five points. It's, a lot. it's quite a lot of points for one better skill. Plus the hit on. Okay. Right, so what American yeah. force will we take then? Uh, the nice uh, thing is, it doesn't matter. You can almost just have it's all, it's all the same models. Just yeah, <laughs> it's legit. I think I I'm going to take Marines. Yeah, yeah being aggressive playstyle, the Marines all the way, really. I mean, I did infantry, I did the forty second infantry division before just because I wanted something different. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just they look they're very insipid to me. In this, I don't really see an awful lot of bang for your buck. No, not not when you've always other options. That's a problem. On on their own, be fine. But always yeah, so, I'm planning on starting with big red one. Yeah, as as a mill grad's probably the best way. Yeah, just to kind of get a feel for them. But then, obviously, like you say, there's nothing stopping me from just playing them as marines. No. 
And finally, the runs podcast out, it's the yeah. Belgians. The Belgians. Who are basically <laughs> reluctant trained in yeah. Who don't want to be there anymore. No, it was well, not, fun, not fun anymore. No. So they get the special rules, not another inch, so they get a better counter attack. The Rock yeah. of the Eater, which is a better rally rating and quick fire for their guns, because they're French guns. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they get um they get one option, don't they? Just it's just an infantry platoon. Uh, entry company. It's almost like this feels like this is going to be like a support formation for the others. Mm. But but how expensive everything is, you just don't really do some. I think you've got to see many multi formation forces. Uh, no, I think I think it could I be interesting just to do something different. I mean, it's nice. It, it's nice to be included. It it, it 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 completes the whole Western Front, makes the book more complete as a Western Front book. Yeah, I mean, you are missing is, some bits, like the Portuguese and things, but, yeah. Is this, is this not your, I really want lots of tanks, so I'm going to take these guys? <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, but you're only getting, like, they only got one tank box. You're only going to get four tanks. Only four tanks, I should say. Um, oh, yeah, yeah but, sorry, yeah, because it's a different formation list. Yeah. But I still think that's pretty good. I mean, you can take oh, the four... you can have one support... Yeah, there's no, uh, no tanks as a compulsory choice. Yeah, it? that's true. Sorry, I'm misreading that again. Your, your four infantry formations only going to set you back one twenty-five points if you take the, the budget version. <coughs> so if you just take the three infantry stands and the commander, 25. So you can get your extra tanks if you want in there, if you don't really take too much else. Yeah. So it's not even 25. I thought there was a black box. It's only two, isn't it? Actually, seventeen. Mm. I don't know. I think there's a place for them. I think they're they're they're, they're potentially interesting just because you're right. Everything's a bit cheaper, but then everything being reluctant is a real. But you can, in theory, get all six teams in six platoons. With oh yeah, easily, easily, yeah. With have half your points left over. Yeah, each one with either a gun or a flamethrower in. Uh, you can't take that many guns, I don't think. You have two guns, but you can have... Yeah. Tons of flamethrowers. Uh, three flamethrowers. Yeah. So you've got one One team has to be vanilla. <laughs> mm, they're, fi- they're fine. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just... They just suffer from having one list. Is what it is. Mm. Yeah. But they put them in... I mean, to be fair, considering they use the same models, it's nice to have a slightly variant list. Absolutely. I mean, they're the French models, basically, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Use the French range and then just play them as reluctant trained. I think it's, yeah, it's interesting to see what they come up with in terms of the support information type thing. Yeah, and you've got some cool modelling opportunity as well there because um, the Belgians used um, dogs to transport around things like the HMGs and things. Okay. That uh, I can't remember what the name of the dog was, but it was... Um, like a large breed, I think it's a sheepdog or something like that. Yeah. But um, they use them for pulling around carts quite a lot in the low countries because obviously there's not a lot of hills. So you can have four tanks with them. So this could be the guys who go inside your uh, Mark Five stars. Well, no, because that's a hundred points in your Mark Five stars, isn't it? <laughs> and your point being, I suppose, yeah, hundred fifty point game. <laughs> Or do you just put your Marine Command stand in one of those and just trundle that for <laughs> No, you've just got your one Harlem 
the Hellfighter. Yeah. Or is it just going, come on? Yeah. <laughs> just jumps That's all you need. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you need. All right. So that's the Belgian. So uh, what Belgian list are you doing? <laughs> None. <laughs> oh, 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 oh the final insult. Oh, poor Belgium. Brave little Belgium. Well, um, should we leave are. the scenarios for another time? Because there's 13 of them. We I, to... I think we'll just cover the actual ones that are sort of specialised. Let's just okay. deal with the ones that are actually um, are Great War. Because obviously the other ones are just basically dust up and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. So... So how different are these to how they were? I mean, you probably—they look pretty much the same to me. They—they they, they really are. They're quite similar. But, um, there's not been too many changes. The—the mm-hmm. um, the way that you set up as well, I do—I have to say, I, the, the way they structured the missions in the Great War book did was like kind of its defining point for me. Um, you know, other than just the, the the scenic terrain of you know having trenches and craters and all this kind of stuff. Um, I thought the scenarios were really well conceived. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the interesting thing is I think they've changed the way that you obviously attack. So who who attacks and stuff like that. It used to be that you had, it was down to the tanks. So if you had tanks and your opponent didn't, you attacked. Yeah. Uh, if you both had a ta- a tanks, I think you rolled a dice. And if neither of you did, you rolled a dice again. And if you had... If it's artillery, you automatically defended, wasn't it as well? That's correct. Yeah. So, and that, I think as well that trumped you having tanks. Yes, you can. If you had both, it, the artillery trumped the tanks. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to think about what you were trying to achieve and how you were going to do it. But I think they've simplified that to be. Um, you. Yeah, it's basically stance tank cards. teams. Yeah, stance cards or. The third method is just to have. Um, Whoever's the more tank teams attack. Yeah, actual tank teams. Yeah. Um, I think stances could be interesting, but I think it's going to probably end up a lot like the V4 ones, where um, Comes you know, nice roll. yeah, because a lot of the time I think you're going to want to attack. Yeah, unless you've got specific uh, formation and, and yeah, that's fair enough. No, it is. I think you've got a plan to attack, but more importantly, you've got to consider what you do when you defend. Yeah. Um, most of the four, uh, games have objectives, as far as I can remember. So that's uh, also useful because mm-hmm. um, you know we like playing with objectives. Yeah. Um, I All think that's pretty. Too, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, what I like about it is the actual progression of missions. You start off just doing like yeah. little r- cross trench raids. Then you do a big push. If that works, now you actually try to break out this, of the second line trenches. And yep. then after that, you, you'll break down to Interland. You can almost have like a progression campaign, just bouncing up amongst those four missions, effectively, until one side finally gets a good run and breaks and, out. Yeah. It's quite nice. It's a ladder, It's almost like a ladder campaign built in. Yes, sorry, a ladder yeah. campaign. Yeah. yeah, I think we played, we played through, I think, the first four or five I don't think we ever got all the way through them, but each one was quite interesting. And actually, they, they don't take as much time as a standard V4 game because you've got that condensed scale. Yeah. Um, I think the longest one we took was the one where you recycle troops. Yes. Um, which just, yeah, that's just a real, a real slog fest. Um, um, so that's one of the first ones, isn't it? That's. Uh, I can't remember which one it is now. 
Through blood and mud. That's it. Yeah, no. that, that really is. No, that's not. It's a big push. It's the first one, sorry. Overwhelming okay. force for the attacker. That's it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's only sorts out the men from the boys. Yes. Um, and as you can see, a lot of the times it will show you or tell you on the um, deployment map. The deployment maps are really, really detailed. It will tell you exactly where uh, defender the trench line goes. Yeah. Um, where your objectives are going to go, the deployment of patrols and things like that. Um, so there's a real, I think that, they're, like I said, they're really well conceived in terms of what you've got on the board and how you're playing it. They seem very, very structured and very well thought through. So uh, first mission, big push. Yep. So this this is the one I was telling you about where it had um, objectives actually on the yeah. trench, the communication trenches. Yeah, and the reserves come in from the backboard edge running up that trench. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a really cool scenario. If you look at the deployment as well, your attacker's deployment is half the board. Oh my gosh. So, um, well, just shy of half the board. Just shy, yeah. Two inches yeah. shy. But um, it does really... We've played this the, We played this one and it, it, as a defender, you have a real feeling of claustrophobia. You've yeah. got such a small deployment area. You can't really push out and your opponent is almost on top of you from turn one. Um, oh, man. It, it's, yeah. Now you do get some good stuff like you get preliminary bombardment as a de uh, defender, so you know potentially you're, the attacker is starting pinned. So uh, sorry, the other way around. Defender starting pinned. Defender starting pinned. Um, so you can really push on as the attacker, um, but <laughs> trying to find those actually get and hold those objectives is really tough. And you're not going to have any of your tanks. That's where that's where going too tank heavy is going to really kill you. Yep. If you end up having to defend. Yeah, yeah, because they're not they're not on the board. Yeah. At all. Um. I. Yeah. It. This one was. I felt really. We played this both ways actually in the old book. Um, with my Americans attacking and and the Germans then attacking. And um, both times it was very, very hard for the um, defender to hold them, just where your reserves are coming on more than anything. Yeah. Um, that's a good one, though. Through Mud and Blood, though, this is this one. Really, I really like this one. Um, so you start off with an attacker, or sorry, the defender defending a trench line, and then having like almost um, a rear area in one corner. And then the attackers start with most of their assault, main assault forces deployed opposite the defence. But then they have an attacking flanking reserve force. So it's almost like you've broken through another part of the line and now hooking up behind oh, the defenders. Nice. And the attackers actually deploying, running into the communication trenches into the... Exactly. Yeah, effectively, this is, this is the last line of trenches before you break out. Yeah. So oh, this one you've for already the got through one. your first two rows of trenches. No, yeah. The attacker's broken through got into the last line he runs up there and then he finds the u.s marines and dies yeah exactly <laughs> but it's really it's really when we play this is really very i it was a tricky mission because things like your machine gun nests you're set up behind your front um trench line yeah facing the main assault but then naffle use Where against the of flags on exactly That's really cool it's a really really cool mission i think actually it would probably work um in, in just as well in uh, a v4 scenario you wouldn't even need a trench line if you just had it like yeah. as a thin static to your line and then you know some kind of that back quarter being 
um, I don't know, an airfield or something of significance. And then the cavalry come rushing on. <laughs> so that that one we played a couple of times. And that is really good fun. Good. Um, Greenfields beyond. So this this is now you into um, out of yeah breaking out into the actual you know um, out of trench warfare and into mobile b- battle again. Yeah, effectively yeah. It's a, a classic meeting engagement. <laughs> two forces blunder into each other. Exactly that, yeah. I think this one's probably the most akin to a standard 3-4 game, if you like. Free for all, basically. Yeah. That's cool. But you get everything deployed for once, no reserves. Ah, oh, finally. <laughs> there you go. And that's yes. it. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're definitely worth trying out the um, the specific um, Great War scenarios. They're, they're good fun. Really I think it's fun. worth... Is it worth also saying, definitely, if you want to get into this budget, buying at least one trench set? Um, yes. I think that, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, terrain plays a very large part in the v, uh, the Great War games. So you will need barbed wire, you will need uh, craters, destroyed woodland. There, there are some specific terrain types that you probably won't have. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of those will just be markers if you want, but you know, actually, the, the the terrain is not too bad in terms of expense, but yeah, you do it need does one look trench beautiful. There. Those those trench pieces are looking at the detail on them; they are little works of art. Each one, they're they're really nice. I mean, you can do little. You know, they they come to a standard, and you can enhance them with some bits of barbed wire yourself. You know, um, just a bit of flock and tuft. Um, you know, some green. Uh, chemically looking pools in some of the, you know, the potholes and things. Nice. Or the, the shot holes. So you can't really make, you know, you can enhance them quite easily. They're already a, a very good standard and they, they do provide you with, the other good thing is they provide you exactly what you need to play the games. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at this, for example, look at the big push now, that's the trench layout you get. Yes. So, um, you know, it, it's, if you're going to do anything, if you're looking to play Great War games, you will need yeah one set of trenches at least. I would probably have, I think, is, is there a crater and destroyed wood set? Yes, there's a shattered woods, which is shattered woods. Stuff. That's it. I mean, yeah. your, your normal woodland stuff. Most people will be able to do do that fairly. Yeah. easily. that's the thing. It's not craters are craters. You're going to have those. They're all usable Absolutely. elsewhere. Some stuff is you know your Mediterranean houses probably not so much. <laughs> No, but you still need, you know, there are villages still. Um, what was interesting about the, the Great War is that we didn't, you didn't see the universal destruction of like huge swathes of it, of territory because of it. It was very, very localized, that strip along the border. Yeah. So those, those particular areas became, you know, just shattered wastelands and hell holes. They were just, you know, some of the most dis- dangerous places on earth for a variety of different, different reasons. But, you know, you went, 20 miles in each direction and people were living their lives normally there was no you know um total war as as yet so you know when you get to some of these later scenarios and you're actually pushing out of those trench um, formations and and that kind of warfare it's just a standard v4 game again you know you're looking at the same kind of terrain really villages trees roads farmland it's still very similar nice yeah but if you're going to get it, get it while the sale's on, because it's on the train, isn't it, as well? Oh, yes, that is true. 
Right. So, so if 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 you're going to get anything, get the the train sets because you will you, you will use them. Yes. Right. So that's that's the that is great war. That is that is great us war. frothed out. <laughs> well, and truly frothed out. Well, and truly frothed out. But excited to get some models and get rolling some dice. Come uh, March, I think is it thirteenth. The book releases. I don't know actually. March sometime. We'll put in the article. We'll put it in the article. <laughs> All right. Um, are we going to try and shoot and scoot? And if so, what are we? What are we? Yes. Um, especially all these things where you get different stats for different skill checks. Yep. We've got to be a land ship, surely. Yeah, so trying to shoot and scoot, dear God. <laughs> yeah, you get the boost on the, on the blitz, so it'll just be a normal four plus, I guess. Four plus, <gasps> that sounds good. I'll stand the table. <laughs> this computer desk is not designed for own dice on. It is a four, <gasps> and then a cross check. Successfully, cross check. <laughs> A two plus, a two. Oh, that was, oh, that was oh, close. Oh, good thing, good thing we're a Mark V rather than one of the French ones. Yeah. <laughs> Successfully waddled backwards. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. This damage wreck landship of a podcast you've been listening to was a special edition of Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War podcast from the team at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk. I was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies and something funny that I'll add in later. You've got two choices. You can turn that off or you can go to bed. Yes. If you want to turn it off, I might as well go to bed. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, you read my mind. Ah, option number three. <laughs> You've selected option C. You have chosen poorly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ah. <laughs>